What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of RA Radio. I'm Evan. And I'm Rome. And this week, we're talking to James Stevenson. You'll finally get to hear the other side of Matt Wakeley's triathlon <laughs> story. Among other things, we talk about his uh, growing up, playing football, his uh, desire to, to hustle and, and grind it out and support his family. We talk about injuries and Lyme disease and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, we really run the gamut on this one. This one's, this one's a long one, so you better buckle up. This might be a two-parter <laughs> for some of you, um, but James a lot of fun to talk to. So at this point, for announcements, we have completed the first week of the Open. The first um, week is over. Um, hopefully everybody signed up and participated. Yeah. Uh, and we're heading into week two. Rome, the, we are recording this right before Rome leaves, so we admittedly don't actually know what has happened yet with the first week of the <laughs> Open. We can pretend we do, uh, you know sure rj and jez did really well <laughs> um but yeah so that that's going well at this point you have uh, probably unfortunately missed the chance to sign up unless you're listening to this on like saturday and really want to squeeze both in um but yeah so first week of the open we have um nina's yoga is still coming up this yeah. coming week this come upcoming wednesday so remember february 12th at 6 30 p.m free yoga class we're trying it out uh we'd love to bring nina in once or twice a week following this we just want to get some interest and see what people think so this wednesday 6 30 p.m please show up we'd love to have you attend awesome yeah that should be a lot of fun so we're gonna answer another facebook question if you have not yet given us a question you can do that oh, on boy. the active member page or you can dm me or Rome or something <laughs> these can be serious questions funny questions last week we answered yosha's question um, this week we're going to answer Sarah's question, which is what's your favorite Pop-Tart? For me? Yeah. I don't eat Pop-Tarts. You've never had a Pop-Tart? I've had like one or two in my life. Well, you <laughs> did you like it? No. Okay. <laughs> Tastes like fucking cardboard with some sugar on it. <laughs> no Pop-Tarts. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in a long time. I'm, I'm, I am a little bit of a sucker for a good, uh, the cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Are they? Way to go. Those are like the OG Pop-Tarts. Does it taste like, like cinnamon toast crunch? Because I really enjoyed that cereal back it, in the day. Yeah. It's sort of, it. the trick is you have to like toast it just enough that the center's gooey because it's basically just like cinnamon sugar so on then the it's inside. like gooey cardboard with some sugar on basically, it basically <laughs> basically that's like when i was younger sometimes we used to have um like we would i know we had brown sugar on toast sometimes i don't know if that was like a weird like polish thing my grandparents did or they would put like sounds good maple cream on toast you know like that maple cream you get at like the big e that they'll sure. put in like the cones and stuff you put that on toast oh it's so good but it's also like the biggest sugar bomb ever <laughs> it's just like carbs let's put some carbs. carbs on your carbs and some super high glycemic index carbs yeah let's do it so you know the things we feed children but i'm gonna go cinnamon rome's gonna go none actually speaking of carbs um, I wanted to talk a little bit just sort of before we get into the interview about sort of, I guess, just our training. So anything you've been finding with your training lately or anything you've listened to um, that's been interesting. On the carb side for me, I have been finding that I have to eat a lot more than I have been with all the volume of this endurance stuff. Yeah, um, man. It's just been, I slowly, I feel like every second day I creep up my MyFitnessPal goals a little bit more. Sure. Because it's just been, been taking it out of me. But it's funny because like the scale keeps going down too so yesterday i like i creeped it up and i put back like i don't know 2600 calories but sort of within my eating window um went out i had a meeting came back and i was just like so hungry still and i was like i i'm probably due for like a recarb day i'd been struggling with fatigue and stuff sure so i must have put back another like seven eight hundred calories of just like peanut butter and granola good and, man 
it, but so I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a little, a little heavy this morning. Cause you know, I got to wait for this stuff to work out. And I was like a pound and a half down from the day before still. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I apparently really need to rework my macros. I mean, you look at the physiology behind that carbs are just restoring your liver and your um, muscle glycogen stores. And if you're an endurance athlete out there and you're putting the miles in the work in, like you need those glycogen stores to have energy. So if you're running yourself, you're running a caloric deficit, similar to Evan, where you're losing weight, you're trying to get to a goal, but you're still doing this huge amount of volume carbs are your friend yeah like rice and everything else is your friend eat it as much as uh i feel like a lot of pop culture would tell you you have to cut out all the carbs to be the carnivore diet yeah (laughs) hey i I listened to uh that guy's podcast recently because his uh, podcast is with the guy who set the 100 mile world record the uh what's it bigger faster stronger podcast it's uh human performance outliers okay is at least the one i've been listening to but the guy i do know who you're talking about the 100 miler dude because he was on rogan as well yeah so his podcast is with this guy sean baker okay and i think sean baker is sort of the originator of the carnivore thing, okay one of the original i hear it a lot from uh the bigger faster stronger dudes like mark bell and uh his brother That's oh where yeah I hear yeah, a lot yeah. Of it from. Yeah, I know he's. You got skinny Mark Bell now. Yeah, he's he's lost. He said a hundred pounds or something. Yeah, like that. it's pretty all, crazy. Talk. All ripped. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of been my uh, my experience the last like week or two. It's just been having to to eat more to keep up with all this. But excited. Been learning a lot more about running. Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and it was actually fascinating. It was this ultra marathon podcast, and they were talking about um, basically like vertical profiles in races, and c- because people were asking like, if I don't live in a really hilly area and I'm training for like a really hilly hundred miler you know how do i sort of drive that adaptation um and this guy who's a big ultra coach was like actually you don't really have to worry about it that much because uphills are mostly a combination of like the fastest runner will be the fastest uphill at the end of the day and so as long as you're like focused on running and running mechanics and power output and whatever you'll do fine uphill he was like you can add some extra quad dominant stuff because you're gonna fire your quads a little harder sure um with just like step ups and things but you don't have to run tons of hills necessarily and then he was like in downhills the biggest thing is just uh eccentrically loading yourself because that's what really tears people up on the downhill Mm -hmm. is all that eccentric load Loading. Um, and so he was like, we usually have our runners just in like the six weeks leading up to a race. If they aren't doing a lot of hills, we'll give them a lot of like reverse lunges and stuff just to sure. eccentrically load a lot of that uh, system. And he was like, we've had people who run flat treadmills and then go win 100 milers on hills. That's just pretty doing that sort of stuff. But I was like, that's actually interesting because, again, I don't have a real I've never thought too much about the physiology of training adaptations for running like that. Sure. So I thought that was interesting. As soon as you talk about that, my main by my mind goes lifting weights. Yeah. You want to eccentrically load your hamstrings? Do an RDL. Yeah. Do a back squat with like a lower bar, hips back, load hamies, glutes. That's all eccentric loading. Um, yeah, man. Sounds good. Like good uh, information. Yeah. So what's been what's been up with you? Anything new training wise? Uh, training for me, I follow the RA strength program. Um, I'm currently just a few days ahead trying to get ready for traveling. I'm kind of psycho, so I don't know what my... Um, my training will look like while I'm on the road for a couple of days. So I try to squeeze all of my training in before and then I can rest while I'm traveling. Um, Finally get a deload week. Yeah, I mean, I've been <laughs> throwing in some Olympic lifts again too, just because it's fun. So I snatched this week, clean and jerk this week just to play with it. Oh man. Um, keeping everything light. I haven't done the Olympic lifts in years, but it's still fun. Um, it's good to play with, keep your, uh, your skills fresh. But for me, Training is a way of life. I uh, I joke around all the time and say I belong to the Church of Iron. This is this is where I find my peace. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I enjoy it. It's anything, all good. Anything new you've been like playing with, whether in your own training or stuff you're adding into the gym programming, or just anything you've been reading or listening lately? Um, so for the, like the the class program, I'm having fun because we always do a periodized cycle, so I get to do some volume work. And as they're coming down um, off of some lighter work, then we'll start bumping up some weights and seeing if I can get people stronger again. That's always fun to play with. Um, RA. So the uh, sorry before I go into RA strength, the barbell club is on a nine week cycle right now so they should be when this podcast comes out two weeks into their nine week strength profile i'm getting ready for the march 29th meet in new haven so if you guys are interested in olympic weightlifting you want to come watch it you want to see some of the gym members compete they are on a program looking to peak in um march 29th and what's fun with that is they have a four-week hypertrophy program where like they're doing 40 back squats a kamikaze squats and they'll have a three-week strength phase and then a two-week uh, neuromuscular efficiency phase just to put all the dots together um it's kind of condensed but it allows for some good strength gains and adaptations and fun stuff and then ra strength when this comes out we should be two weeks into or maybe one week into a new new um new month program um, again, we're just going to be focused on some overall strength, size, getting stronger. We're not focusing on any particular muscle group. Like the first three months, we focused on squatting, and then we focused on benching, and then we focused on deadlifting. This last month and this month will just kind of be overall strength gains uh, across the board. You can't focus on one thing too much because that's when you end up with overuse injuries, right? So that's when people are like my knees, my hips, my elbow. And I'm guilty of it. I was complaining earlier today that my elbows are killing me. Um, but again, I'm trying to fit two weeks of training into one week because I'm, I'm just a little different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the gym program is going really, really well. I'm having fun with writing out all the programs for everybody. And I think, uh, and I just, I mean, right now before this comes out, I wrapped up writing out all of the opens programming up a couple weeks ago. So that was fun to program out as well and lay out some serious tests of fitness. You guys have experienced two of them and you're about to experience uh, two more this week. Are there any specific, like, um, I guess, not like difficulties, but like when you're looking at programming something like the open, like how, how is that, how is programming a test to different than programming training? Or do you sure. sort of look at them similarly for this sort of thing? No, um, programming a test is an effort, like it's a maximal effort test. Whereas training, I don't want you to go 100%. I want you to live between 80 to 85%. I want you to learn from your experiences. I want you to grow. There's days I want it to be lighter, days I want it to be heavier, days I want you to rest where there's singles, triples, tens, like they all have a place where competing, I'm just testing different modalities because this is still somewhat of a CrossFit, even though it's an RA um, open, it's still of a CrossFit thing. So I got to test all the different time domains. I need to test the different gymnastic skills, the different uh, body weight skills, different weightlifting skills. And I try to make it fair. And by fair, I mean, as I don't try to weigh one more than the other. It's not like every week you're lifting something heavy. So if you're good at barbells, you're going to win the open. I try to keep it a fair fight, right? So if you're good at long distance stuff, I try to get something in there for you. If you're good at quick, short sprints, there's something in there for you. Um, so the open programming for me is more let's test all the different domains and it's really it is it's a test right where it's not building you're we're not building off of that we're not trying to hey this is a building block building to next week which building to next week which our normal program is it's a other oh, all building blocks and there's no end so you're building this um skyscraper i guess right there's there's endless amount of blocks that we will build mm. awesome well hopefully the first week of the open has gone well for you guys good luck with the second week we will continue to see how this all plays out but uh it's a long interview so we're gonna we're cut this intro 
right about here. But uh, have fun listening to James's stories, and we'll see you guys next week. Check it out. Uh, work, you know. So after uh, after shoulder surgery, I finally uh, am back to work. A little bit last week. This week's like a full week. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? How's the gym? The gym is good, man. January is um, it's a good kickoff. We're working hard. We're pushing. Um, we don't have like the big New Year's resolution thing that doesn't happen. Like our price yeah. points kind of limit that, so it's sure. not like the uh, the Gold's Gym or the Planet Fitness where like one thousand people walk in our door on January second and want to sign up. But um, it's good, dude. It's all good. It's all uh, we're having a good time with it. This type of training is a lot more of a, uh, a commitment. Yeah, obviously mentally and monetarily i mean dude i joke around all the time and say i sell the three most unsexy things in the world it's commitment dedication and hard work yeah uh, it takes a special type of person to want to commit to those three things because without like like oh so to get the results you want you're gonna have to work really really hard for a long time over and over again yeah what do you think of that well I think there's like, a fourth unsexy thing is a, a man bending over nude ah <laughs> Well, I don't sell that. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that perspective would be, who are you trying to sell that to? Some people might be like, hell yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Not buying that. I don't know if you've watched much of that Aaron Hernandez thing, but. uh, I did. I watched it all. Did you? I've just heard it all through Yosh and Sally, because that's what they talk about during their hour of training. Yeah. Um, Sounds pretty fucking nuts. He was a nasty athlete, though. He was. He was really, really good. Yeah. Very sad story. Absolutely. I mean, from everything I understand, he um, he was a beyond phenomenal athlete, like beyond gifted. Just a sad story of not accepting who you are and probably getting hit in the head too many times. Hit in the head a lot, I think. I mean, that's where I haven't actually seen the like documentary yet, but everything, even just um, from what I was, that peak book that I was listening yep. to recently, they talk a lot about like CTE and stuff and just the sort of like sheer volume of... Uh, brain damage these guys end up with in a very short period of time and i think he was someone who they said like showed levels equivalent to like an 80 year old with alzheimer's as like a 20 something year old kid which is just crazy to have your brain that screwed up and to have that your brain like physiologically screwed up that much plus everything that's going on sort of with you as far as like you're a 20 something year old on top of the world with millions of dollars. Like when you have an 80 year old with that much brain damage, at least they have some amount of like life experience and wisdom, you <laughs> yeah. know, <It's>, yeah, right. <laughs> like you, something you to up, fall back on. Right. And you, and uh, you know, there's only so much crazy. I mean, there is crazy stuff that goes on in nursing homes too, but actually funny story about that. I was working on a thing, um, up in Buffalo, uh, I guess tail end of last year. It was, um, it was some like political commercial for this guy who's like running for mayor of Buffalo or whatever. Um, but one of the stories that ended up being told was this um, lady's mom got beat to death in a nursing home by Holy another shit, huh? like resident. But she was like 70 something or 80, I want to say. And basically some dude with dementia um, oh. like thought she was in the wrong room and was an intruder or something and just started like pounding Holy on her. Shit. Um, 
And so then the whole, part of the whole thing was the reason it was a political thing was because there was this movement for this bill to be passed that um, the nursing homes like had to report stuff like that because basically like the nursing home called her and was like, hey, your mom like slipped and fell and it's fine. You don't have to worry about it. And ended up finally like they were like, okay, you, sh- you have to come down, I guess now. And she ended up dying from it. But she was oh like four little bones beat. broken. Yeah, they. Sh- I mean, oh so the, the daughter, they wouldn't be in the video or anything, but she she showed us she had pictures on her phone of her mom at the hospital and it was like it looked like a mummy or something just like green and purple and yeah so but all that to just say people with dementia at old age do crazy stuff too but you ever have a concussion yeah Yeah, you've had a concussion Uh, i've had a uh, couple yeah i i had an orbital blowout where i blew out the whole side of my face and they had to have plastic surgery to put me all back together again i've had a i've had my fair share of concussions where you're Six weeks repeating yourself, getting lost, yeah. weirdly emotional about things where you're like, I don't know why I want to cry right now. I don't <laughs> normally feel like this, but... Uh, How'd you blow that, your face out? Uh, rugby. I caught... So it was an open field tackle. Someone's running at me with the ball. He probably got two inches lower than I did. I caught his forehead right oh. in like my cheek, and it blew out my cheek. So I broke my cheek right at the edge of my eye, right by my ear, right by my nose and the bottom of it, and it all fell down about a half an inch. Um, I didn't even know that I did that, so I got knocked on my ass. I tackled the dude, whatever we got up. Played for like 10 more minutes. Um, in my right eye, I saw everything in like triples. So it was like one level, then a level in the middle, and then a level in the bottom. And then I started getting motion sickness. Did you offer beers too after? I, unfortunately, I did. Um, so I was like, oh, man, I don't feel very good at all. So I was like, coach, like, I, I need to come out. And like in rugby, you're only allowed a certain amount of subs per game. You yeah. can't just sub whenever. And he was like, all right, hang out there for a while. I'll pull you out soon. I'm like, I'm really fucked up right now. I don't know what just <laughs> happened to me. Um, so I go over to the EMT afterwards. And I'm like, I don't know what happened to my head, but. I think I should go to a hospital. I can't see out of my right eye, really, because I was trying to use my phone, and I couldn't, like, text Kate. And I was like, if I go like this, maybe I can. Um, I told my coach, I'm like, all right, well, we'll we'll get you to the hospital eventually. Yeah. End up um, going to, in rugby, there's something called the drink up, where the other team brings you to a party and you drink. So our whole team goes to that, including myself. So I'm there with a severe concussion and a head wound. Uh, I didn't have any alcohol because I knew I was so fucked up and I was throwing up in the corner from oh. the concussion that I had. Oh. Um, Springfield College is going to love this story if they yeah. ever hear about it because this is from Springfield, <laughs> so you fuckers. Um, so I finally we call Springfield and like, all right, we're going to have an ambulance waiting for you when you get back to the school. Get back to the school. No ambulance. No one's there. Kate, I was dating Kate at the time. It was my fifth year of college. Um, she brings me to the ho- hospital. I sit at Mercy for two, three hours waiting room, nothing. Finally, my dad worked in hospital administration out in the Berkshires. He was like, just drive out here. We'll get you right in. Get right into the hospital. Um, CAT scans, MRIs. Next day, I saw like six different doctors. The next day, I had plastic surgery. They put my eye back together. Um, I would have lost my eye. Luckily, I didn't lose my eye because um, the inflammation kind of like held it in place. So it was so swollen that it kind of held it where it needed to go. Yikes. Uh, I think four or five days later, I was back in classes. Um, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Ron, that's a terrible story. I know, right? (laughs) Very uplifting, motivating story. But yeah, that's that's how I blew out my face. And then I've gotten other concussions along the way as well. But that was like the worst one where like literally I'd be, let's say I was driving to the gym from home and I'd get like, I'd be halfway here and be like, where am I going? Yikes. Why am I going? Where, where am I again? And then like two minutes later, you're like, oh, I know where I'm going. Okay, I'm fine. Um, So you just start. Working around that and gradually it comes back more and more. I had to see a neurologist, get uh, checkups to see like where my cognitive function was. Eventually we were back up to steam and good to go. But 
concussions are no joke. Dude, that's like, like a that super will, legit concussion. Too. Yeah, that was that was like a brain traumatic brain injury. Like that's yeah. the same thing you'd get in the car accident or something like that. And um, I just let it go. I I should have pushed further on Springfield to like reimburse my tuition or something. Yeah. Like, they didn't even need to give me a lot of money. Just be like, hey, just give me back the money I gave you guys. But um, I just let it go, and it is what it is. And yeah. I. As a college kid, I didn't want to fuck up the rugby team. Yeah. To be honest, I was like, if I make a big deal about this, they're going to come down hard on the rugby team. Hindsight, who fucking cares about yeah, the rugby seriously. team? <laughs> like, well, I could have got college for free. That was like when I <laughs> I tore my MCL and had strep uh, and was going into a tournament, but I didn't want to tell my coach because I didn't want to get benched. Sure. And so I just like did a whole tournament with like a torn MCL, <laughs> just like popping pain pills right, and I'm never fine. told the coach. Fine. Yeah. It wasn't. I was like, ah, we can't forfeit anything. Like, right. I better to at least give it a fighting chance. Have you had any concussions, James? I've had a couple. Yeah, I, I played football uh, when I was younger. Yeah, you played some high level football too, right? Yeah, just for a little bit. Yeah, just for a little bit. And um, it's because I'm bigger and I can run short distances very, very fast. You're pretty you know? fast. So, <laughs> so you know, I've seen a few foot races between you and other people. A couple times. I told, <laughs> yeah, I just challenged Matt Moore again. Oh man! I told him when I come back, I'll be uh, be all over him. But yeah, I mean, you know, and. When you can run that fast and you're 240 pounds, you just lower your shoulder into anything. Yep. And, you know, you you pretty much run it over. Yeah. So I was always pretty good at football. Uh, but there were a couple times that I remember, you know, you, you'd see stars. You kind of wake up on the ground. And the only thing I could kind of compare it to would be like um, if a child fell asleep in the car and then all of a yep. sudden they wake up in a new place. That's yeah, exactly like- what it is. Just one second later, all of a sudden you kind of wake up and you don't really, you know. For yeah. me, one instance, I remember I, I wake up and I've got all this football equipment on. Jeez. Oh, and I'm like, what the heck is going, you know. Huh, looks like <laughs> I'm playing football here? today. How huh? did I get here? So, so the, you know, the play's over and everybody's going back and nobody knows I'm disoriented. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Everyone else is going on like normal. And I remember walking around way back in the secondary and I'm looking at a bee in the grass. And I'm like, oh, that bee looks like he's having a great day. You know, like, oh, to be a bee. Coach is like, like yelling at me, get busy. You know, I'm, I'm I'm back past the safety. Yeah. You know? yeah right. like, James, get in your spot. You're like, what? Yeah, I'm looking at this bee. <laughs> hey, bee. Do you see this thing? Yeah. I don't even know how this thing flies. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I played, uh, I played high school for a little while. Or not, you know, for I played high school football. And then uh, afterwards, I went and I played for a team called the uh, the Springfield Blitz, which is like a uh, like a semi pro team. Yeah. And uh, I didn't play for them very long. It's not that I didn't last. It just, um, you know, some of the coaches that I had in high school had played for that team at the sure. same time, so they kind of brought me and uh, another buddy in, and um, it was a, a good experience. It was yeah. cool to see a lot of these guys, the talent of some of these guys. Uh, that had made it to like higher level colleges, sure. but just not quite NFL. Yep. To see how much better they were than some of these other, like like a CrossFit athlete, sure. right? A, a regionals athlete is so much better than just a normal. Absolutely, gives you a whole new perspective of like right. what that level really looks like. Right. Right. These guys, these guys were really good, but the team itself was just it wasn't very organized. Sure. And if you guys know anything about me, I need like structure, direction. You should have just ran the fucking the thing yeah. for him. Like, hey, I'm going to take over and design our schedule and our practices, and <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be good. I was trying to figure myself out at the time. <laughs> I think you know. Dude, speaking of injuries, did you see that guy who got a guillotine snatching at the meet? It was in Layton's. No, I did not. In see Layton's that. group Jeez, or whatever. That's scary. Yeah. So he dropped the snatch behind him, caught the back of his head, and pulled him to yeah, the ground. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Where he like he couldn't lock it out, but he kept his head through, and it just came down on the back of him. It was like douche, and I was like, oh. it's one of those like everyone in the stands yeah, turns. I mean, after um, 
seeing what happened to Kevin Ogar five or six years ago where he literally severed his spine oh. doing that same thing and he's now a paraplegic for the rest of his life. Um, that shit's scary. Yeah. That's scary. Um, there is a reason, though, why barbells or plates have a certain diameter is typically we can fit like if that pulled him down to the ground what well, hopefully he went to the ground and that barbell didn't touch his head after that and he's safe i think he sort of bounced it off him where it didn't do the full like take his face into the platform yeah. thing but it definitely caught him and then sort of that's scary, yeah, shit, scary stuff that is scary so also speaking of injuries what, what's the story with your shoulder i um so i'm told i sustained a, an injury when i was younger really and um i did some Severe damage to my shoulder, and then told like somehow, by doctors now. Yeah, t- uh, so Tim Rice, the, okay, uh, he's the PA that uh, that checked out my shoulder, and then um, anyone that doesn't know that, that's upper body Tim. Upper yeah, upper body, body Tim. Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then um, and then Hunter's dad was actually the uh, the guy that did the uh, the surgery. Okay, uh, Doctor Luber, he's really really nice guy, and they said that I must have sustained some damage at some point because it kind of, had kind of all healed over and scarred over. Sure, and. Um, you know, whatever. So they went in there, they fixed all that, and then the main issue was just the uh, the labrum. So I th- think they said it was like a three hundred degree tear. That's oh, wow. crazy! So your whole fucking shoulder. The whole thing was just yeah, completely smoked. But you know, the the good news is that the other uh, recovery is exactly the same. If they fix a little bit, or they fix the whole thing. So yep. yeah, you know, it's um, it's every bit of what you would think that shoulder surgery is, right? You're Everybody says it's terrible. This it's, kind of stuff. And- it's exactly that bad. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty terrible, but. You just deal with it, you know, and, sure. and uh, I'm, I think, about a month in now, so I, I'll be back to the gym in probably a few weeks, but it's and not hopefully like a, every day gets a little bit better. You're going to PT, things are getting a little bit better. You start to get a little bit of, uh, you start to get a little bit of mobility, and then from there, you just continue to just work on it all the time. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as you get a little bit more mobility, the pain points are less, right? Because before, you could just try to put your hand in your pocket, and it's painful, but... You know, I think one of the biggest questions I get asked is like, oh, is it a CrossFit injury? That's not a fucking CrossFit injury. Any, you get injured crossing the street. It's a being stupid and, and over, you know, yeah, just doing, doing, doing a little bit too much for, yeah. your, for your own body. I, you I, uh, I specifically remember the workout where it hurt because I was talking shit to your wife, telling her to beat you doing yeah. push-ups or something. And you're like, I'm yeah. done. That's Shoulders what, that's done. That's what a lot of people don't know. Yeah. That, so <laughs> so I, 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 I hadn't felt any pain in it. And I was on the, uh, the jerk boxes. And I was trying to uh, to get 305 on the jerk boxes. When was this? This is uh, pro- earlier spring of, of 2019, so okay. spring of last year. And I put it up, and uh, I locked it out for half a second. All of a sudden, I felt something. Mm-hmm. So I dropped it down. I knocked over all the boxes and everything like a real animal. <laughs> and uh, I took it easy for like maybe a couple months. And then uh, Nicole and I were coming into the gym in one afternoon, and all day long, I'm like text harassing her like women are no good at push-ups you know <laughs> stay home you got nothing go, go make me a sandwich like not any of my true i like i don't believe hey, in that, but i'm just yeah I'm, I'm definitely trying to get her going because she's she's more competitive than i am yeah and uh, i don't remember what the the workout was but it was it was very push-up heavy and uh i think we get in three push-ups and i felt it like pop or snap i don't know what happened but i then after that i, I wasn't that was that. That was it. That was the last time. Yeah, doing push-ups against my wife. And I remember also over the summer, you ate it pretty hard on a bike thing, too. I don't know if that said anything off, too, but you were going around a corner in a BMX race and ate it pretty hard there. I was, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got into BMX really, really young. Maybe I was like 12 years old, 13 years old, because you wanted to get around and, and you don't have a uh, you don't have a car, right? Yeah, you have a little single-speed bike. Right. And I grew up in a, a single-parent home, so it wasn't like if I wanted to go somewhere 
you're kind of on your own. You're either walking or you're riding a bike. Sure. So, you're pedaling your ass off. Right. And I, I enjoyed it. And uh, I got pretty good at that too when I was younger. And then as an adult, I was kind of, you know, I, I've been still road biking or mountain biking. Yeah. And I decided I wanted to get back into BMX this year. And uh, there was a, a triple point race in, uh, in Bethel, Connecticut. So everything is, is points for your standing for the state. And I'm really big on family, right? I got to be sure. home all the time for the kids and for Nicole. I don't have to, but it's just... You want to. Yeah, I want to be, you know? So I don't get to a lot of the races. So if there's big races like that, I have to go because sure. I need those points. Yep. And I had gotten... Uh, <laughs> it's like a terrible story. I had gotten Lyme disease, right? I got bit by a, a tick Ugh. on my right side. And uh, Nicole noticed it. There was like a, it looks like an actual bullseye. No, I remember exactly. you like showed me the photo of it too. So I, I, uh, I go to the doctor on Monday. They give me some antibiotics. On Tuesday, I'm half dead. You know, I'm just really sick. And uh, Wednesday is the race. So Wednesday morning, <laughs> yeah, I tell fine. Nicole, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to suck it up. You know, I'll drink a couple Red Bulls and, and we'll <laughs> go. And the other thing I decided to do was instead of just racing one bike, I decided to race two classes. I remember that you did like back to back, like yeah. some, some crazy shit with Lyme disease. Oh, oh fuck it. Terrible day, right? Terrible. So I get there. I did okay in my first race. Then on the second bike, I go to race and um, I'm locked into the bike. I'm clipped in, right? And um, I go to pull up with my back leg and I broke the cleat right off of the shoe. That's crazy. Talk which too. I've never even heard of happening. Right. So a little too I kind of like for those I like flip over the I think it might was might have been possibly like the the pedal was a little bit worn or I don't know but sure. it just snapped it and uh, so I like flip over the gate I rolled down the hill next race I go back <laughs> and I had extra cleats no big deal and uh, you know the Lyme disease whatever the the fatigue from it was really really setting in dude and, and that it, shit's real too well, I mean, I had you had it too for yeah. a while and yeah, it, it, yours went untreated too right yeah I was an idiot about that again but uh, I finally figured out what it was after like a month <laughs> and decided to get treated but that's my my common denominator of just being I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just you know. Be, You'd complain, but who would listen, right? You yeah, just, exactly. You you suck it up and you just go and you do. Go what to you CVS, need to do. get some medicine, and I'll be fine. You just think you're a little bit down. You know what I mean? You think yeah. you're just a little bit off, and and maybe it's a diet thing or yep. not enough sleep or whatever. Because as as we're getting older, it's not as easy to, uh, I guess, even just get up in the morning, right? You know what I mean? You wake up <laughs> oh, and everything's stiff. Here. You've got to almost like stretch your body out just to to yeah. wake up in the morning. Those first you know? ten steps are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was in the main on a race that uh, I was. I should have won. I made a stupid decision on a turn and I went a little bit high. The guy came under me and passed me. So now I'm cranking and I go to like the smallest jump on the track and I'm just going to I'm just going to stay low and just go over it and I'll make the pass on the very next turn. This guy isn't even in my league. Like there's no way that he should be in front of me. Right. right? Tired or not, I'm going to you guys have all gone against me in any type of, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Like you're I gonna don't kill some, you're going to dive over a car to get in absolutely. before somebody like, else. I, I may not be the best at everything, but I tell you right now, I'm going to make you have your best day. Yeah. If you're going to beat me, you know, your willpower. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll just go. I'm just like a, like a puppy chasing a ball. I will go forever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm cranking along and now I'm kind of mad, you know, and I, I go over this jump and uh, next thing I know, I just saw stars. Oh. I had gone over this, the smallest jump on the track, somehow did like a front flip, landed right on my head like a pogo stick, <laughs> got right back up, got on the bike, kept going. I, <laughs> I broke this finger. Oh, right? wow. See how this one doesn't, yeah, I'm a little shaky, but see how this one doesn't like straighten out? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Caught your pinky on something. I don't care. So when, when was that relative to the triathlon? So we did the triathlon maybe three weeks after that. Okay. And um, so I was still, 
I was still trying to recover from whatever I did losing to Nicole in push-ups. <laughs> Nicole, the push-ups, Lyme disease, <laughs> like BMX accident. So I had gone to Tim. I had gone to Tim and, uh, you know, he did some x-rays, but x-rays don't show like ligaments and all that yeah. stuff, right? So he said, look, he goes, I, I think based on what your symptoms are, he said it may be a, a bicep tear. Okay. He goes, or it could be a labrum. He says, but I'm leaning towards bicep tear for this reason, that reason, and the other. He goes, but an MRI is going to tell us exactly what it is, which he's 100% correct, yep. you know? You know, you, you don't know what you can't see, you know? Yep. I, I'm not going to know what's you wrong with that engine until I take too. it apart, you know? So he says, look, he goes, I, I want to order the MRI. He goes, in the meantime, we can give you a cortisone shot if you think that you're okay. But his he wanted to go forward with the MRI, and I was like, no, 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 I just... Yep. I just want to do cortisone. I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm It'll going to be tough fine. it out. Yeah, same thing we're talking about the Lyme disease. Give me something same to cover thing. it up. I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And uh, so then I kind of made my way back in the gym, but stayed away from anything, arms or shoulders or anything. And then one day you guys were like, well, let's do this triathlon. I'm like, screw it. Let's go. <laughs> so we line up for the, we line up for the swim. Like I've got no problem on the bike and you know, the run's really not going to be an issue. So we line up for the swim and I'm talking all kinds of crap to Wakely, like really getting in his head real bad because he was, you could see he was visibly worried about a little about nervous the, about the swim, you know, because he's not a strong swimmer, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just right in his head the whole time. Cause that's just yeah, what I do. Absolutely. You know? I've definitely known you and I know that you talk shit to people and that's how it goes. <laughs> Willpower and trash talk. This way. So we hop in the water and this is my first, my first real triathlon. And, uh, it's, it's live when you get in the water. Like people are grabbing your your feet and you're kicking you in the face. And like it's it's every man for himself. So yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like I'll take up my space too. Yep, I will drown you. So now I'm like aggressively like frog kicking to try to get people off of me, you know, because you're in a you're in a lake too, and I feel like it's it's kind of odd because sure. I don't know if there's any critters under there touching me. You I can't don't see know. anything in that water. What's that seaweed doing I'm a, under there? I'm a pool guy. Or sure. like in the Caribbean, I can see the, the, the ocean floor, then sure. I'm good. But this is but those like creepy crawly things that brush against your leg. You're like, ah! <laughs> it was a beautiful place. It was a really, really nice, uh, it was a nice lake. And all of the, the water that I drank out of that lake that day. <laughs> didn't get sick was, from that no, at all. I didn't get sick from it. But, you know, we're swimming along. And uh, when you get out to the first court, you don't realize how far it is. You know, sure. and I'm maybe like 20 feet offshore and I'm, I'm like, this isn't so bad. And then I'm like 30 feet offshore and I'm like, this is pretty bad, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying wow, to I'm really swim out here. I'm trying to swim with just one arm, which is my right arm, because the left arm, it was, you know, it was like a real sharp pain if yep. I would try to try to swim with both arms. So I'm just trying to kick and swim with one arm and kind of coast along. And here's Wakely, like maybe a couple feet behind me. The whole day. And he's just he's just treading water. He's moving along, you know. Doggy and, paddling. Uh, yeah. We get out to the first corner. You take a left, and you got to swim like the length of the beach, and then swim your way in. And we're maybe like a quarter of a way, of the way to the next turn. And I look at Wakely. I'm like, Wakely, you good? Almost like really hoping that he's like, Nah, man, let's go to shore. <laughs> let's you <know>? call it here. <laughs> but I'm he done. <laughs> so maybe five, five, ten feet more. It, might, it felt like I swam a mile. You know, it's maybe five, ten feet more. And I said, uh, I said, Wakely, you good? And he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all right. You know, and you could just see just his little goggles yeah. over the water. He's a terrible swimmer, by the way, you know, <laughs> worse than me. And uh, so finally I was like, he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I got to go back in. <laughs> I am not good anymore. <laughs> so I just immediately turned. So I make it maybe a third of the way down to the next turn. And I was like, I got to go into shore. Sure. You know, I'm going to drown out here. So all the lifeguards, everybody swim over. They're like, you okay? And I'm like, totally fine. Just 
I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get out of the water. Then yeah. I, and then, uh, you know, I, I jogged back. I, I did well on the uh, I did well on the bike and I did fine on the run. But we're going to have to do a swim. redo this year. Yeah. We've I been gotta, talking about it with uh, for the sprint. And I said, if Yost will do it, I will do it. I do the um, I would do the, the Billings. Yeah, the Josh Billings. Yeah, I would do the Billings uh, with you for sure. Cool. I'm, you know, I have to be in the boat because I don't want to bike and I don't want to run. Okay, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I, I would just do the whole thing. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'll, I will find a team where I can just yeah. be the one third of the distance and I will kayak the thing and that'll be cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a, a really, it looks like a good time. Dude, it's pretty yeah. gnarly. If so, if people don't know what we're talking about, we're referring to um, Josh Billings. It happens in Stockbridge, Great Barrington, Lennox. Um, it's a super old race. Um, it's a little play on a triathlon it's a little different it starts out with a pretty decent bike ride then it goes into a two mile either canoe or kayak and then it finishes with a run so it's a triathlon but it's done minus the swim put in a, a, yeah. a boat um it's i've done it a few times it's, it's it's a really fun race it's tons of people that come in and do it um it's done out in the berkshire so the biking is really like rolling hills some steep hills so, like you want to challenge yourself on some terrain yeah you will find some pretty gnarly terrain out there is it a mountain bike or a road bike road bike okay and like it finishes um going down like a two mile stretch to where the boat ramp is so yeah. for the boat the boat finishes like two miles downhill but you're watching the guy, these guys come in in like packs of bikes so like 30 bikes handlebar to handlebar ripping down this hill and you're like i don't i mean yeah. you probably don't have to be in the pack if you don't want to that doesn't bother me at all that, yeah, there you the, go. the swimming did though like in the water with somebody grabbing my feet and yeah i could see that i, I you know you're trying to swim and, and i'm like you know somebody's arm is already there and you're i don't it was yeah. awful yeah you know that, i think that's why for the two that i did last year i definitely felt like um just sort of being very intentional about almost like where you're starting and where you're going to try and stay out of all of that. Um, and I didn't have as much of an issue in either of mine, actually, um, with sort of like stacking up on people. There was like the first probably 100 yards of the one I did on the Cape. There was like one other dude who I could sort of like, I was sort of catching his foot with my right arm sure. for a while. And I sort of ended up going around him. Um, but it's definitely like, especially when I see some of these like real like mass mass start triathlons, because I don't know, there's probably like 20 dudes hitting the water at the same time or 30 dudes when we did it. But you see some of these guys where they dump 100. like 100 people in the ocean. You're like, that's the middle of that. Or even some of the in, stuff in the they done at the games. Too. Oh, yeah. Like some of these games events where they'll just dump the whole field into the ocean. And you're like, that looks like chaos. It does, especially when you're speaking to the games where sometimes they're bringing out rafts yeah. for the, uh, the team events. So it's like, hey, not only do you have... 20 teams there's five pe four people a team or there used to be six people a team but now there's a boat involved too right. that you're pulling along and bumping into people with and shit like that like and you're in the ocean yeah and there's sharks <laughs> yeah well that's why james uh bailed on the cape triathlon <laughs> no you know i don't remember what we had going on i think something something was going on and we didn't go nicole didn't want to do the swim and then there was something else but i'm um, sure but the reason james told me was Nicole's scared of sharks. Oh, yeah. We watched yeah. Jaws. Yeah. Nicole, Nicole doesn't... Um, Nicole would swim 10 miles if you'd let her, but yeah. she doesn't really know how to swim well. She just does uh, like the doggy paddle. Yeah. You know, she's a terrible, terrible swimmer. She was swimmer. telling me about that. But she that. would swim 10 miles. If you if you bet her, dared her that she couldn't swim 10 miles, she, she would figure do out a way. Same yeah. idea of you. is just pure yeah. grit and determination. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and, and you know, that same personality that we have in the gym and, and you know, as competing or doing whatever it's the same same mentality that we apply to 
to business. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys are aggressive and kill it. successful as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are both with your auto shop and how much, I mean, I've, I've, I've that, known though, you probably you know? for what? We've, we've known each other for almost 10 years. About that. Um, I remember your old shop that was right in downtown Springfield yeah. when you'd come in. And I mean, dude, I've witnessed the growth of your business pretty I mean, a lot. I mean, you've grown a lot in the last 10 years. I feel like we're only, um, we're just getting started now, right? And, and the reason that I say that is because there were a lot of years that we had to scratch and fight. And perception was always good, but people didn't realize that I made a big investment in equipment, but I didn't sure. want to take a loan and sure. I was flat fucking broke, you yeah. know, or I wanted to move the facility. The first time I remember I moved from West Springfield to Springfield and we were only maybe eight months in, you know, but we yeah. quickly outgrew the two bay shop that we had in the first year. When I moved to that, like I didn't have $50,000 to move a business. Sure. You know, absolutely. I had to go and, and take out a loan to do that. And at the time that, that might as well have been a million dollar loan to me. Yeah. You know, that was just surreal that somebody was going to give me $50,000 so I can go out and buy a quit. Like it just was insane. You know, it, I don't, I don't know. And then over the years, you know, we had ups and downs and um, never really any like business downs. Sure. But like what I mean is, you know, we were in Springfield. Springfield was terrible for uh for business. Really? Um and it's not the you guys people were like right off ninety one. Yeah, it wasn't the people, it wasn't clients, it wasn't customers, it's it's the city of Springfield itself. Like they don't okay. give a shit about business at sure. they don't care. You know, I came in one day, this is a perfect example, right? I come in to, to work one day and the road is blocked off. We were on uh, so where MGM Casino yep. is now, where you would exit the parking garage is where my old building right, was. Right, the Pride Station, where the Pride yep. Station started take a right, you were right there on the left. You come into work, streets blocked off, can't even get to work. Sure. No notice, nobody said anything. There's two businesses on that portion of the street. Two. Sure. And you're like, what, You so, couldn't have just told us, you know? Yeah. Nobody says anything. Mm -hmm. So you ask the police officer what's going on, they don't want to tell you, ah, oh, construction, what do you think it is? And you're like, okay, I own sorry. the business yeah, right there, Yeah, I'm just asking a nice question, you know, I'm not being rude. <laughs> So fast forward, four months went by and they blocked the street. So what would Holy you do? Shit, huh? What would you do tomorrow if you come into work and you're not allowed to get into your own work? No, right? I, I, and now your your business depends on customers coming in. Yeah. Nobody can come into the gym. You can't get any equipment in, right? Because we can't get parts in or anything. Yeah. Right? So no customers. Staff couldn't get in. So we could park at the end of the street and walk down, but that's not effective when you're trying to fix cars. Yeah, you need people For to, four be able months. to drive their cars. In. For four months. That's in the busiest crazy. season of the year. Ugh. Right? Do you and know what they did? They replaced the curbing. They didn't replace the roads. They didn't replace the uh, sidewalks. They replaced just curbs, right? For four months. And, the, okay? and for a lot of businesses, that would be the end. That's insane. Like, well, I'm done. You yeah. know, we were lucky that we we had saved enough money, but four months. Yeah, that's a Just long to replace time, curbing. Dude. Do you want to know what happened next year? Replace the road. Now they wanted to replace the sidewalks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but fortunately, like, that only took about three and a half months. That holy time. shit. Dude. So here you are, right? You you stock up your money again, and then yeah. all of a sudden it goes back down. Uh, yeah. What do you think they did the next year? Probably the road. I they did assume. the road finally. Jeez, man. Yeah, they did the road finally. Wow. Was, they did a great job, too, because you want to know what? They blocked it off for about two months, and they, they stripped and paved the road in two days of that two months. Oh, my God. The rest God, of the time, huh? all they did was block the road and just pay for police to sit there. Right, so how do you operate your business? Yeah. You don't. You don't. Yeah. Three years in a row during the busiest season of the year. That is right. So brutal. what I say is, you know, there's been ups and downs, but you quickly learn to, you know, try yeah. to figure figure yeah. a way around it. How know? to adapt, what to do. We moved to um, so you know we we had grown significantly 
um, and we kind of outgrew that space that we had. And uh, we were looking at purchasing that building in Springfield. But then with the way that Springfield kind of just treated us, yeah. I honestly didn't care. And, and, and again, I'm not saying down. residents or clients or anything like that. They, everybody was great. We were, yeah. really never had any problems with that down there. It was just the city. They were just impossible to deal with. Sure. You know? And I mean, what would have happened if you did buy that building and then the casino would have came in? They would have made you move anyways, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That That's a... We, I, I leased half of that building and the other okay. half was, um, the, the guy that owned the building and he basically ran a parking lot and he made, sure. he made a, a really sizable amount of money selling that building Could to the casino. Sure. We didn't see any of that. We actually ended up having to buy out of our lease and everything. And we moved to where we are now. It was a very, you know, it seems like it was a dumb decision now, but hey, you know, right. any decision that you're going to make, you want to think what's the worst possible thing that could happen, right? What's sure. the worst case? And am I prepared to deal with that worst case? And for me, when I was moving to our current location, I knew that we were going to spend out of pocket a few hundred thousand dollars in, in renovations on top of, you know, a, a, yeah. I mean, so we're going to be and in. But for, your new for, shop for, is beautiful, too. Yeah, it's nice, you know, but we we're going to be in for a million dollar project and out of pocket, I was going to be, you know, a very significant amount of money. Sure. And when I'm looking at what we have versus knowing that we're going to move and we're going to have a slow, probably first four or five, six months, especially going into winter, which is a slower yeah. season. And I mean, all your customers have to come find you yeah. again and see if that distance pairs Paying with for them. Rent, and- electricity and heat for a location that I wasn't in just to kind of hedge that oh. bet in hopes that the casino was going to come. It wasn't. It wasn't a smart decision for me. That was right. going to be too much because, you know, <clears throat> was I going to have that extra few, you know, few thousand dollars that month? And, uh, you know, fortunately, the new location, when we moved there, we grew, I think it was uh, just under body temp. So like 98.2% cool. that first That's year. That's crazy talk, yeah, huh? Yeah, first year. And wow. then, um, you know, I, I think one of the reasons I was so determined was, A, I wanted to make most of my money back in the first year or two. But sure. two, the bank told me that anything over 20% was unrealistic. And you're like, said, I'll nobody's, show you. Nobody's ever done that. I said, I don't believe that. I said, we're going to go to a place that's double the size. Yeah. yeah. So I remember on that, uh, I think January 1st, after I had done the books, I had sent them over a, a copy of our balance sheet and profit and loss. And I was like, <laughs> who doesn't know what they're talking about now? Yeah. Right, check this shit out. Yeah. And then like two years later, we left that bank. Sure. Wow. But yeah, I mean, business has always been good. Um, you know, we've expanded into other things and then opened other locations. We're looking to open another one now because once you awesome. have all the systems and everything down, yeah. you know, that's the difficult part. Yeah. I mean, and you you're know? acting as a consultant for other companies too. So, I mean, I'm sure that plays yeah. into it. Like, you know, your business well enough, you run it well enough where it's to the point of like, I can recreate this in a different location. And I'm sure probably your hardest part would be just finding the staff. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And you can learn it through trial and error, which is very expensive and can be can cost you a lot more than just, you know, money. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you're smart. You can learn from your mistakes. But wouldn't you rather learn from somebody else's mistakes? Right. Yep. If you, if they see you walking off a cliff, wouldn't that be easier to just listen to them and say, yeah. hey, ding dong, you're doing this wrong. We were in one of those seasons where the. um you know, there was construction. I believe it was the third time. So the third year in a row that the uh, the city had done construction. And I was like really in like a kind of depressed place. Right? Sure, I don't blame you. Because every year we're rebuilding and every year we're getting knocked back down with something totally out of our control. And uh, I remember I had been reading this, uh, this article and, um, you know, it was just I, over the years I had read many articles from this guy and he's basically a, uh, a, a business coach. He owns a, a coaching firm out of uh, San Diego called Elite really nice guy and uh, was reading this one article and I said, you know what? I'm going to give these guys a call and see because I, I can't B 
be in Springfield anymore. We need to yeah. move. And I don't know how to move the business now that it was the size that it was, even at the time. Now I, I couldn't even imagine what I, you know, what I would do. But yeah. So I, I hired this company on. They uh, they helped us put systems and things like that in place and kind of told me a lot of the stuff that I, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I was with them for quite a while. Uh, they helped us put a lot of stuff together. They helped us, you know, open different locations and all kinds of, you know, good stuff like that. And then uh, last year, they actually recruited me on as one of their uh, their coaches. And Which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, what a nod, uh, head nod to you in terms of being like, hey, you've done so much and done so well. Let's bring you on our staff yeah. and help other people. It's enjoyable. Um, it's enjoyable for me because it's a challenge. Sure. And um, this may sound odd, but like my business doesn't have like a lot of challenges now. Yeah. I mean, you've probably dealt with most of the challenges, right? If something comes up yeah. and you're like, I know how to handle X, Y, and Z. I could, I could, I could just decide that when we're done here, I'm going to go down to Bradley airport. Look, figuratively, right? Because sure. Nicole would lose her mind if I just went some, you know, and I wouldn't want to be away from her or the girls, but you know, I could just go down to the airport and I could leave and I could go stay in Florida for couple months that's awesome. just not saying anything to anybody and everybody would be fine business yeah, would great, be dude. business would be exactly as it as it is if i'm there right and that's so, how it should be right and that's the difference between a uh, having a, a business right you know owning a business being yep. a business owner or having a job yeah you know and uh, i just didn't want to have a job anymore i didn't want it dependent on me so I, I wanted to be more of like a bird's eye view type of guy and uh, once we started doing that it was easier to open additional locations or buy sure. additional properties Get or do other projects. things, invest in other things. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Do, do other things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's something that uh, I'm passionate about, right? Yeah. I always like working on cars. I think that's just one of the only things that I do miss now is because I started doing this because I really enjoyed cars and I yeah. really enjoyed working on Well, now you can cars. work on your own, like the Camaro and other projects. Yeah. You know, and, but the Camaro's like done. Like, well, what do we got to get one of those trucks that I was sending you over. We got to fucking start wrenching on some trucks and you can teach me all this stuff because I don't know shit. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you're, you're smart enough that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a smart guy and you can yeah. easily figure it out. Yeah. No, it's just, <laughs> you know, engines are all nuts and bolts. Sure. You know, it's the same thing. And as most of them make sense other than like, I mean, I'm assuming the new ones that are coming in with all the electronics that are built into everything are a little bit different, but we're talking about like an old school truck that we would wrench apart and make something fucking cool. The electronics out of. and stuff, you know, some of the newer stuff where the cars are parking themselves and things that gets a little bit more complex. Sure. Um, and it's just because of all the inputs and everything that are going into that. But, you know, a, a truck like you want to build, it's it's exactly like owning a business. Sure. Right. Because you want to lay all your parts out. Right. Just like you would do in a business, essentially. Right. And then you want to put I'm everything with. You want to put everything together in a very specific order. Same thing as, you know, business or, or building an engine, you know, yeah. but we'll build a truck for you. That's easy. Well, it'd be for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so real quick, you, I, I do want to come back to the business thing, uh, especially given that we have, I think three very different experiences with sort of being self-employed. Sure. But so you talked about sort of the building in Springfield and like hindsight's 2020 sort of thing. And I think both of you have Bitcoin stories. We do. <laughs> uh, I do at least. Speaking yeah. of hindsight being 2020. Jeez, oh, man. I, it's crazy that I feel like, and, and I'm honestly just not as connected to it now as I feel like it was when it was all crazy. But I feel like that was like really peaked and then is really just sort of leveled out and been it's sort like of uninteresting. Now. It was like 16,000 maybe a year ago, right? Yeah. yeah, it came down a little bit. Um, 
I got in at the worst possible time, and Did I you? didn't really like get oh, you in. Bought heavy. it at the top, not quite at the top, but I basically like got in shortly before the top, and then got out shortly after the top, and okay. it just sort of did nothing for me. Sure. So it was one of those like ah, this is whatever, and then I just sort of gave up on it. But uh, it was one of those things though that I had like heard about way back when, and like podcasts that I was listening to and stuff, where it was just one of those like ah, oh, there's this crazy new idea of like cryptocurrency and yeah. yada yada, and some guy. I bought a pizza with it and stuff and but it was funny like because i remember back then it was like oh this guy paid 50 bitcoins for a pizza isn't that nuts and then you know you're whatever like, what eight years later bitcoin? you're like oh that's like two hundred thousand yeah. dollars now or something we had this customer his name was uh josh garza this was when we were in springfield josh was a, a really really nice guy different type of guy you could tell there was something different about him. Just sure. very, like his mind was constantly running every time you were having a conversation with him. And uh, my first conversation with him was over email and I was like, this is a very particular guy, but definitely somebody I want as a, a customer sure. uh, because he's so particular and wants everything perfect. And that's usually why somebody will come to us. And did he drive like a Lambo or some shit like that? I remember he had a me Lamborghini nice Murcielago. He had a Ferrari. He had this big like Hummer H1. Sure. That what was did he like do? All, so... He had all kinds of stuff and he lived in East Long Meadow. And basically the story that I got was, and you can actually look this up online. His name's Josh Garza, G-A-R-Z-A. Okay. Josh built a computer when he was younger and uh, IBM wanted the tech, you know, the technology from it. So they wow. paid him a disgusting amount of money for sure. it. And uh, Josh should have sailed off into the sunset. Right. But Take your winnings and He was disappear. so young that he decided that he wanted to start another Project. So he sure. builds this other, some type of like phone system. And then okay. I, I don't know who bought it. And so that but was so what he, he sold two successful companies like right. right out of the gate. So he started realizing that there was more money in building the tech instead of like taking it long term. So he would just find your product. He would study your product. He'd make a better product than you have and he would sell it directly to you. Yeah. Smart guy. Sounds Made like a, a lot idea. of money. So he starts buying up like all these cell phone towers and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, this is kind of where I met him. Sure. So he's telling me about, you know, this, that, and the other, and, um, you know, just different business ideas and stuff. And it was really great to kind of pick his brain because he was so successful and a couple sure. years younger than me. I mean, yeah. just uber success, like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. As kid you said, just seeing the cars that he's rolling oh, in. Oh, yeah. Like, well, how did you buy this car? This $100,000 car. Absolutely. Two, three, three, four hundred thousand dollar car, you know, and it was pretty cool to see, you know, and he's a real nice guy. So I'd talk to him and he starts telling me one day about these, uh, these things called Bitcoins. I said, Josh, what the hell is a bit? What are you sure. talking about? Like, this Bitcoin? sounds like nonsense. So he's like, I got, I got these, this computer in my basement. I built this computer and the thing runs and all day long, it makes me like five, six Bitcoins. And I'm like, you're what do like, you mean your computer? I don't, I, yeah, can't, I don't understand. Even it now still. I still can't yeah, like, figure it out. I know what the things are and I still can't figure it out. Your computer just runs and yeah. makes these things. Someone was trying to tell me that the computer solves math questions and builds. And I was like, that makes no sense. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like what? He comes in and he wants. Uh, he had bought this Hummer H1, and it was uh, it was really meant for off road more than they sure. they normally are. So it was right? like a real H1. Not, it was not a real H1, like military H1 that somebody he had he had the outside done custom. They sprayed it with like that Rhino liner, like yeah, the bed liner. Looking. Inside they built this whole custom interior, and basically what he wanted was more power, sure. a different suspension, and just you know a different look for it. Man, what what would it be like to have that kind of money to blow? Be like you know, spent it. Fucking hook it up. Spent it. <laughs> so he comes in to pay his bill. Doesn't squabble at the bill. He just says, look, he goes, the bill is 5000 He says, 
how about I give you 6,000 in Bitcoin? He goes, and in five years, you'll retire. I said, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, like, Just like that. I looked him right money. in the eye. I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, why don't, why don't I let the next customer come in and pay me a monopoly money? <laughs> exactly. All right. I said, I don't need your made up coins, you know, in a joking way with them. You know, I wasn't disrespectful, but I was like, I don't need your made up money that you're making in your basement. I'm like, go to jail for this. Yeah. You know, when was this? Yeah. Bitcoin was like $7. Okay. $7 a Bitcoin. So he's gonna give me $6,000 in Bitcoin at the time. I think now it's somewhere around like maybe $14 million or something, something like that. Nuts. It's crazy. You know, um, or whatever it was, $7 million now. And then, you know, when it was at its peak, maybe like $14 million. It's insane. Insane yeah. amount of money. So he, um, so I, you know, I, I turned him down and fast forward. He ended up going to, uh, he ended up going to prison. He created like, he created a computer. I, I don't know all the details, but I do know when he started making it really, really, really big, he invited me down to his office and he had this, this warehouse. Must have been, couple hundred thousand square foot office way sure. down in uh, near Stanford, Connecticut. It's huge office. And when I walked in, you're just walking by this wall and the wall changed color with That's you as you I remember walk, you telling me you about walk this. past the wall. It was the weirdest thing, yeah. you know, and all of his offices, the whole place was all glass. But if you went into your office and you closed the door, every the whole glass would fog up. That's really cool. It was the coolest thing. Really? That's crazy. And I'm like, this How guy. How much did this office Yeah, cost? this guy's got like, this guy's got dough. You know, <laughs> yeah. like this is such, I, right? I'm an idiot. I should I've have never seen this Give shit. me some Bitcoins. Right? <laughs> yeah. You want so, me to work on the Hummer again? So what he had done was he had built a computer that mined in a, in a program that had mined for these, these Bitcoins. Sure. And it was automatic. You buy the computer, you plug it in, it'll make you money. Sure. And I, I think just, you weird, know, based on, on what I'm putting together from what he had told me at the time and, and what I found out after, he, there was no real competition for him. Sure. So he didn't know how to set the price. So he was good at making companies that were better than other companies. So obviously he could make one that was worse than another company. Okay. So he took his good product and he made a worse product. Okay. And he created two separate companies and made one. So if the initial computer was maybe $10,000, now he's charging 20 and he's charging 10 for the junk one. Sure. That he knew was bad. But he's like, whatever. Like and he was selling all these computers. And uh, people would buy their Bitcoins and eventually he ended up going to jail for some type of like a, a Ponzi scheme. Really? But I think yeah. he, 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 he screwed people out of maybe like $22 million or something that's like that. Cash. I think he had to pay back like eight. That's I haven't a, seen hey, him whatever. since then so or anything. So 22 out of eight. Uh, so what? You're going to be making 14? 14 million uh, yeah. net? I don't know how all that works. I was just looking real quick. It looks like It looks like they ended up launching their own um, cryptocurrency called Paycoin. Um, and then basically it was like a Ponzi scheme where there wasn't actually any money in it. So all the new people that were paying the old people and then and it just all collapsed, sort of there stacked nothing there. up. Yeah. I knew he, I, he had paid, he was so big into these Bitcoins, right? Just the, uh, the domain. Sure. BTC, right? Cause Bitcoin, yeah. he paid a million dollars for BTC.com. Wow. $1 million for wow. BTC.com just to have a donate, a domain. That's insane. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. I would, if I had a million dollars, I wouldn't be spending on a domain name. I was hey, so knows? broke when I was younger. I could never fathom doing something like that. Yeah, I yeah. agree. You know, any amount of money that I've, I've ever made, you know, and there's, I'm not wealthy by any means, but we do okay. Right. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I just, I could like, I still look at stuff and I'm like, no, that's whether it's a $5 purchase or whether it's a $500 purchase or, or $50,000 purchase, I still look at it. I'm like, how, how much am I going to use this thing? Yeah. Sure. You know, how much am I actually going to use this thing? If it's $5 and I know that I'm going to use it once, maybe, but it'd be nice to have it. I'm just not going to buy it. Yep. Yeah. You know, we had that conversation. Uh, we went to Barkaya in Springfield for our anniversary and we walked out and there was a Ferrari parked outside there. And I was like, Ferrari. 
you know how stupid rich I would have to be? Like, I feel like my perspective has changed over time where it's like you're little and you're like, oh, if I make a lot of money, I'll buy a Ferrari. And I was like, I would have to have money falling out of my ears Beyond rich. to ever consider. What do you do with it? Yeah. Where do you park it? Yeah. Watch out where for do you a park speed it? bump. Watch out for, I mean, roads in the Northeast. Good do you go luck. to Geisler's to get milk? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right? Because then where are you going to park? Right. Somebody's going to roll a carriage into it. You can't uh. go... What are you going to go to the mall? Yeah. You know, how I feel often like do you, we're like, where do you go? And then you can't put miles on it. Right. Because then the car is worth less. Yep. Right. So you've got this few hundred thousand dollar piece of. Right. Piece I of think machinery. the real play if is, I feel like if you have that kind of money and you're into that sort of thing, it's just to rent them and then drive it like you stole it. Not it sounds worry like about a lot of that's what a lot of celebrity people do is yeah. like that show of like, I'm just going to rent these cars and do whatever. My pickup point coin story is oh, yeah. all that different than yours. <laughs> um, probably 10 years ago, nine years ago, Debbie Wright, she'll come on the show eventually, was in the gym and she was talking to me exact same thing about Bitcoin farming. She's like, I know a guy, we'll buy these computers, we'll get into Bitcoin. I think at the time it was like 10 cents a Bitcoin or something. Wow. Something like, it was like as soon as it happened. And Dude, my, Debbie writes up on the cryptocurrency. She, but she didn't invest either. <laughs> Neither of us did. Because like she came in here and she's like, we should put a thousand bucks each into this and just see what happens. And I was like, same type of thing. I have no money to my name. The gym just got started. Gym's maybe a year old. I'm like, thousand bucks. I mean, I should have put $5 in and I would have yeah. fucking... I think I did the math out the other day. I looked online from like, if I made that thousand dollar investment at the point there it was to where it is now and Bitcoin didn't change anything. I think it was like something around $600 million I'd have in the bank. Yeah. I looked at that and I was like, you have to be kidding. Yeah. (laughs) But my bank account does not look like that. Well, that's one of those interesting things too, though, because it's always a little bit like coming back to the whole hindsight is 2020. It's like, yeah, if you kept it until now, but say you did put a thousand dollars in, like at what point would you have jumped? Cause you probably sure. wouldn't have kept it until now. No, I you might've like, gotten to the point where it was worth a million dollars and you're like, I'm getting out now, you know, like, <laughs> are you really going to just hold and hold and hold and hold? We had that conversation too, because I've talked about this, uh, you know, my Bitcoin thing a few times and yep. uh, I would have probably sold at about a hundred bucks. There's no way I sure. would have waited for 16 thousand dollar or whatever i recently you know maybe two three years ago three years ago when it was starting to skyrocket and everybody all of a sudden wanted to talk about bitcoins yeah i uh i bought some on the way up and then quickly you know resold it but i remember it was difficult to get my trade to clear when i had sold um sure you know i I remember it was difficult and i was at that time kind of realizing like holy crap if i had you know, 16, 15, 16 million dollars worth of this stuff. How, this how, how long am I going to hold this before the, the trade would clear? Yeah. Right. You know, Be for forever. Yeah. You know, like I do do some day trading now, probably a couple times a week, you know, sure. just, um, just I started your phone and I, play a little. I started with like, you know, maybe four or 500 bucks and then just, you know, built it into to whatever it is now. You do know, you use that uh, Acorn app. I think it's Acorn. I don't use you Acorn. I, I I day trade on something called Robinhood. Okay, okay. I know, you know I've heard of that as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I day I day trade on something called Robinhood, and then um, you know, I use a margin account too. Sure. Um, it, it's all right, but it's insanely volatile. Like yeah. you, you know, you can you can clear. Say you make a a thousand dollars today, tomorrow you lose twelve hundred, and it's sure. in a matter of seconds. And you're down two hundred bucks. Yeah. So I, you know, you, you try not to. <laughs> it's. It's, it can be it can be insanely dangerous. It's but like going to the casino, when, but it's a little different. When it's five hundred dollars, that's one thing, right? If sure. your trade doesn't clear, that's one thing, right? right. You're like, damn, you know, it's a lot of money, but yeah, but whatever. it happened. If it was time. like fourteen, fifteen million dollars, like that's <laughs> that's a different type of money. One hundred percent. You're yeah. sitting there being like, this needs to happen. That's a different yeah. type of money. Yeah, like 
who am I calling? Who can I call right happen? now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who do I call? Because the, the trade isn't going through. You know, right. like what do you what do you do? Yeah, right. I, you know? I, have no I, I don't idea. think that I'd. That's too. Um, you know, worst case, right? What's the worst? Case, you know, you're where you are. Yeah, yeah. We, where like, I'm, I'm exactly where, where I am. You know, we we move forward. If you you know, if I I want to invest in any of that very risky stuff, I I tried to play penny stocks years ago. Sure. To see kind of you know how see that would go. Do. I've tried all those those you know weird little things, but you just start. It's like going to a casino. Yeah. You come in with an amount of money that you're prepared to lose. You know you're going to get a couple free drinks yep. along the way. And uh, you go home, you still had fun. And, and you, you paid for the experience. Yeah, you paid for the experience. You yeah. you learned a little bit, but That's I'm no professional gambler. I feel like my experience with most of that stuff, and even why I ended up sort of like bailing on the crypto thing, was I just realized that like the amount of mental overhead it was taking for me to like, because I didn't have a ton of money in it. It was like, even if this were to double, it's not worth the amount of time that I'm spending in it right now. Like, at your phone. Yeah, I'd be better off doing real work. And like, if you've got, you know, there's some of these guys who are, you know, really keeping up with the technology and the trends and the shifts, and they've already got a million bucks in. And so every little 3% is a giant chunk of change. That's one thing. Sure. But that's where I've sort of, I, I haven't um, personally got into anything much, and I probably should as far as like, even just starting to figure out investment stuff towards retirement and everything. I feel like it's a lot more complicated when you're self-employed and you start yeah. looking into it and there's all these like different things you can put money into and whatever. And I, I should probably figure something out. But I feel like to, to what you're saying, it's interesting because I feel like being self-employed too, you always have sort of this interesting shift of like, well, I have X amount of resources right now. I think we've all experienced sort of the like feast or famine of like sometimes everything's rolling in and sometimes nothing's rolling in. So you're like, I have a certain amount of like slush fund I want to keep. And then I have the ability to like reinvest in the main thing I do or whether it's like putting money away for retirement or whatever else. Like I have a certain amount of money I can also slush off towards Bitcoin or sure. whatever else it is to try and diversify these things to try and like just keep everything moving well and create a general efficient growth. Like, Cause you, I'm under the impression you didn't start out with like you're not a trust fund kid. You didn't start out with a million dollars, a small loan, a Donald Trump loan, or whatever. Yeah, we were broke, man. I, I was a, um, I grew up in West Springfield on on Garden Street. My, uh, our second garage at the house, right? We have a attached garage and we have a detached garage. My mm -hmm. detached garage is bigger than than the house I grew up in. Really? Yeah. By oh, there you go. By you know a little bit, but yeah. still, I mean, just that's just. I have a gym in there and my, a Camaro, yeah. right? you know, a family of four grew up in this, grew in, in this house. house, you know, but you know, my, my parents did what they could and, yep. um, you know, they were, they were divorced at a, uh, uh, you know, I was a, I don't know, maybe one, two years old or something like sure. that. So at a super young age, you were, we were broke. I mean, we were like baroque. I sure. remember when I was in, uh, when I was in middle school, we were so broke. I had one pair of jeans, right? I had no jacket for wintertime. Like, Jeez. Forget a fucking jacket, right? And I had a UMass T-shirt that I don't even know where the hell I got it. It was like <laughs> in my locker sure. after gym class one day. It was like a lost yeah. and found find. Yep, a UMass shirt. It was a, a gray, like a you know charcoal heather type, you know whatever heather. And um and I had a, a Malcolm X, a black Malcolm X T-shirt. Okay, a white kid. I'm not you know whatever, whatever. But I'm well, we know why that am you're I part wearing black? So. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, my grandfather. Yeah, my grandfather was, but um. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I have a Malcolm X t-shirt and a UMass t-shirt, yeah. one pair of jeans. That's it. Where were you growing wow. up? West Springfield. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was like, brr, like really broke. And I remember this kid, Sean Keppel, used to always pick on me, you know, oh, what shirt are you going to wear tomorrow? Sure. You know, because it was obvious what shirt I was going to wear tomorrow because yep. I was already wearing one today. Yeah. 
you know? <laughs> Your mom shirt. <laughs> yeah, I ended up punching Sean Keppel right in the mouth. And I'm never sure you did. Do you think that plays into your motivation, though, for right now, for like business-wise, to never be back there again? Like where you came from to be like, I will I, not um, be back in that situation. My kids will not be in that situation either. You know, I, I think um, I'm, I'm much more cautious with the risks that sure. I take down with kids and then with Nicole. Um, having said that, it's a lot... It's a lot harder to make $2 when you have $1, yep. okay? But when you have maybe 1000 it's pretty damn easy to make 2000 bucks. Sure. You know? And so that's kind of where I'm at in business now. So when I say that, like, we're, we're just getting started now, like, all the business systems are there. Like, I've got all the support. I've got my, – my staff is incredible. That's awesome. You know, and, and I guess my ultimate goal is to – you know, money is, is never anybody's motivation. It's not my motivation. My motivation is I want to give my grandkids that, right. My kids are, are four and eight, right. Yep. Grandkids aren't even a thought yet, but for me, I want to give my grandkids something. Sure. Right. I, I want to, you know, leave something significant to them. Cool. And more than that, I want my staff to be able to do that too, because cool. there's no way that I could accomplish any of the stuff that I've accomplished without them doing a lot of the work too. Yeah. You know, of course. these guys are, are there. I mean, we've gone through staffing issues for years. And once we began to hire a different type of staff, um, you know, I've, I've never, I, I really haven't had any, any issues, you know, and these guys have yeah, right. helped me grow through the years and have helped us, you know, do a lot of great things and they're going to help us do even more great things. So I think that my core staff, I'd like to get them a lot of the things that, you know, I have that people would, sure. Um, superficially think was success, right? Big house, yep. cars, all that good stuff, right? You know? Sure. Um, so I, I'd really like that for my staff and then obviously awesome. for, uh, you know, for, for the, uh, for grandkids that I haven't even met yet. You I know, feel like that's, the gym that's is, what uh, I do. The gym is very similar. I feel like even though we're 10 years into it, we're just getting started with very similar stuff that you're talking about. With you woke up. Systems you woke like, up like, what, a year, a year yeah, and a half ago. been like, we need to, we need to do something yeah. with this business. Like we need to, like same thing that you were talking about, what you probably did five or six years ago is I hired on mentors. I invested back in, I started betting on myself. I'm not going to invest anywhere else. I'm going to invest in the gym. I'm going to invest with what we need to do and really try to turn, take that turn. And we're just getting started as well. We might be 10 years in, but it's time to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once, you know, and again, it, you can't harp on it enough, but any good business has systems, yep. right? And once you have all of that stuff down, whether it's just how somebody comes into the gym, how the flow is going to go, what the schedule is, all that stuff, everything, any, everything, any, how you're going to market properly. I mean, you guys really woke up and, yeah. um, you we know, still have so much to do. Even just having a conversation with you the other day, uh, how many ideas that are popping off being like, oh, oh yeah. we got things to do. Yeah, yeah. That's a conversation for another day. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you guys aren't doing, yeah. but not because you like are intentionally, you just don't know. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the whole point of having a, a, a group of people around you because they help you obviously come up with these ideas and then cultivate them. And, 100%. and you know, I mean, I've there. learned, I've learned a lot from you all, all along the way of just one off conversations, even if it's conversations that we've had while I'm waiting for my car to get fixed at your shop, sh shooting the shit being like, I should do something yeah. like that. Well, it's uh, one of those things that it's, I think it's sort of like, um, what what's the thing? I think Gary said it when we were talking to him. That's like five years to figure out how to lift, and five years to see how strong you can yep. get, or whatever. So yeah, ten years. Your 
uh, five years to learn, five more years to see what your potential looks like. Right. I feel like there's always sort of that like foundational, you know, whether it's 10 years or five years yep. or whatever it is, you're sort of like building this training base that then you can actually, that's when like the real training starts where you think you've done all this work and you're like, okay, now I actually can start figuring all this stuff out. But it's also not to get cheesy and keep bringing it back to training, but it's one of those things that it's like uh I was actually just thinking about this before we were recording. This is like just the advantage of time when it comes to like volume increases and stuff like that for where you're going to end up. Like you see these guys who have been building an aerobic base since they were eight and you're like, well, yeah, no wonder you're a freaking animal now. Like there's only so fast you can grow healthily. Um, And sometimes people really rush that and pop off and then blow up. But I think that's where some of this like, you know, at this point you've both been slow and steady for a time and but even that like say five year head start for you maybe making a shift ends up making a big difference out over time yeah 100 um, i mean even just some of those little things you look at it as it compounds over time hey i started doing this it started generating this over one year two years five years ten years right. that revenue or whatever it may be that yeah. fitness gain is huge yeah There's huge huge differences that come about right you start talking about that like even 5% more leads a year or whatever it is, you know, that stuff. Over One time more really conversion. Up. The, goal, the goal changes too. You know, 100%. The, the, the goals change and then the, the plan constantly changes, you know, and, and when things don't go your way, you could sit there and you can cry about it and you can get mad and you can blame it on everybody else, right? Because we all know, how, how many people do we know like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? They they say it about business, right? They're they're mad about they're mad about the way their business is going. Mm-hmm. So they blame it on everybody else. Well, there's no good customers. Yeah. You know, there's customers a million suck. shops there, in the area. There's no good employees, right? Employees are terrible, right? How many times you you, you hear somebody that's just living in that yeah. that negative, terrible space, right? right? Could you imagine if every thought that you had was just negative? No. And all you thought about was just like I'm not saying don't keep your eyes open, right? Keep your eyes open. Look for the pros sure. and cons of every situation. But like, could you imagine just being that person that all you thought about was just, this sucks, that person sucks. Yeah. I hate this. This isn't my fault. It's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a leader. That's not a business owner. You deserve to fail. Right. You know? I mean, look Shut at, your look mouth, at those things pick though. yourself up and get the fuck out there and yeah. go do it. Yeah. You know, because nobody's going to do it for you. Right. You know, and, and you know, when you start to do well, people around you, Right. You'd start to know you're really doing well when people start telling you that you're doing something wrong. Ah, Well, I wouldn't do that. You're wasting your time. No, I'm not. Yep. Yeah, I know, I know what, what I'm doing. doing. I thought it through. And you know what? If it doesn't work, then that's great because I'll just go do something else. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll I'll try another direction, but I'm going to keep smashing against this wall until I knock it the fuck down. Sure. And I mean, to your point of the mindset of an entrepreneur that's trying to do better for themselves, you run into a problem. You have two opportunities. One, you can complain about your problem or two, you look at that problem and say, how does, how can I turn this to make me better? How do I learn from this? How do I spin this? Okay. I learned my lesson from this. How do I take this and improve from this and make sure this problem never happens again? Or you hired the wrong person. Okay. Well, what criteria was I looking for? What did I miss? How do I make sure the next person I hire is way better, different type of person, different criteria of person. I mean, same with training. It all applies across the board. Hey, I blew myself up doing this. Well, I'll learn from that and never do that again. Yeah. I could sum my entire life up into a very quick story, right? This will explain my entire personality. We, uh, I started back here because I started, um, I, I started here a while ago and, um, you know, I had a real bad back and, you know, as competitive as I am, I just wanted to lift more than everybody and I had to go faster and I was doing it wrong, which sure. is why I hurt my back in the first place. You know, and I never wanted to go for like personal training or anything because, you know, I'm too stubborn. And I knew I could do it on my own. <laughs> and Rome comes in to have his car fixed one day. I said, yeah, I'm supposed to have a back surgery in about two months. And I was 
I mean, it was going to be terrible. Sure. So Rome says, look, he goes, give me, give me two months. He goes, you're already in the worst case. He says, give me two months of personal training. He goes, and, and if it, if it's, you know, not fixed, you're already, you're already going for surgery anyway. Yep, so what's it, what up. are you going to lose? And, uh, to this day, I haven't had I haven't had back issue since then ever. Not, not once. Not I mean, normal strain or doing sure. something stupid or whatever. But like this debilitating back problem, I, I've never had. So I come in here right, and the first day I was I was here. Rome has me just doing a warm up, just basic stretches <laughs> and things, and uh, and then he has me push a sandbag down the gym, and then back, and I'm gassed. This is just a warm up, yep. mind you. So then uh, he goes, all right, get up. Because I'm already sitting down. I only pushed it down once and back. <laughs> Turn a little green. And it's like a 30-pound bag. It's light, you know? So he he goes, all right, go down again. And I made it to like where the second rig is. And I kind of came to and he had my feet up on a box and he's feeding me glucose tabs. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like, right? So I was in that bad of shape when I when I finally came back in here. Fast forward that summer, you know, Jez is an animal, right? And uh, I would see him every morning and, uh, you know, I kind of – I don't have the the mentality where I just want to kind of like go and hang out. Like if he's the best, then I need to be better than him. Sure. Like I have to be. I ha I don't care how long he's been doing it. I have to be better than him. So I would just always any to any lift, I'd be like, well, what Jez do? <laughs> well, he lifted this amount. Okay. Well, then load the bar up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. So Rome, one day we were doing personal training, and uh, the second part of personal training, he goes, "How about you hop in with uh, with Jez and all the guys in, in class for part B?" And basically, it was uh, something called a row run, right? Row five hundred run 400. And if you haven't done this before, it's very deceiving. Awful. It's, it's, it's excruciating, right? <laughs> and it's probably, honestly, it's my best wad now after this one experience. So I get on the rower and Jez is one heck of a, like he can row. And uh, I get off the rower, maybe one, two seconds ahead of him. I think I pulled like a 133, 134. Which is very fast. Really fast. And I get off the rower and we go out the back steps and I made it to like where the mats are. And I collapsed. I had nothing left in me. I gave it all on the rower. And George Rumathopoulos was there and he kind of, he picked me up, right? So it speaks to the-, the <laughs> And George community. is the nicest dude in yep. the world. But George was the last one out the door. And so you could see how long I had been sitting there and Jez didn't give it. She just ran right by me, yep. right? Same Boom. thing I would have done for him. So George kind of carries me around the building. And then after that, I was like, I got to get, you know, I got to be better. I got to be, you know, I got to learn to pace myself. Like there's a lot of learning opportunity there, right? The following winter, maybe a year later- we're doing the, uh, the RA open and, uh, we got all the rowers lined up here. It's, uh, it's five in the morning and there's no reason that there should be this, this level of intensity at five in the morning, but it's like know, January, it's, it's January, it's freezing. You guys did open workouts at five in the morning. Well, they yeah. did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. Didn't. So it's me, me, Eric, Jez, Joe Consolini, and a couple other guys. And we got all the rowers lined up same way that they, uh, they had done it the last time too. And, uh, I'm maybe like the third or the fourth rower down and Jez is the first one out the door. And now we're going out the front door. So we get on the rower, same thing. I pull 133, but I did, now my cardio is a lot better and 133 was perfect for me, sure. right? If I went any faster, it would have been just too much, but this was perfect. I try to get out of the rower and I can't unstrap my damn foot. And I'm I'm like almost trying to break the rower at this point. I'm like, fuck it, I'll buy Roman a new one. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying get to get out of the rower. Out of this thing. <laughs> I get out of the rower, who's the second one off the rower? Jez and he's right in front of me. So now we're we're running out the door, the two of us like idiots. There's the machine there. They had like the uh, you know the the water cooler there, yep. shoving each other immediately. <laughs> it started this way, shoving each other into the water cooler and everything. We go out the front door and I've got a plan in my head. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight out the front door, right? Kind of there's a little pathway, and then I'm gonna take a right. I'm gonna go around the building, and and that'll be that, right? He goes left real quick, so I'm like. 
I got to go left. <laughs> he goes left. There's a car there. He jumps over the car. I'm on top of the car. We jumped over the car. Michelle's hood of her car dented it running around the building like animals. We get back in. I lost by one second, right? Uh, I did it. I did it in. Uh, I did it in three thirteen. Those are three, phenomenal. Three twelve, right? So I'm devastated now. For the rest of the day, I'm like one second. I lost by one second. You know, like I could have just given him one more shove, right? I could have yep. just taken one step faster. I could have, you know, all these little things. It's destroying me. So I came back on Saturday, and that's when I did it in like three oh three oh two. Yeah, yeah, three oh nine. Yeah, flying, really man. fast. And then yep. this year I did it. Uh, earlier this year, I think I did it in like 301 or 302 or, or something like that. Fast. And I fell coming up the stairs. Right. Wow. So <laughs> the the reason that sums me up as, you know, a person, a business owner is just like I didn't complain about it. Sure. I just realized, OK, there's work I need to do and I need to be better. And I'm telling you, I don't think there's but maybe one person that could beat me at that thing. You know, well, that workout, you know, yeah, that Matt Moore. And then I think Matt Moore beat me by like maybe a, a second or two. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. I, yeah. The only reason I'm surprised is because. You can row fast and you run real yeah. fast. He can, he can run. He's, he he's can, super that fast. Can run. Yeah. He like just floats. You watch him run. You're like, you're not even running. I he's know. not. It's <laughs> just floating. He beat me in a sprint fair. too, maybe uh, a few months back, like late summer. He, he didn't like, be, he destroyed me in a sprint. I thought I was, I thought I was going to do a lot better than I did. And I didn't. I'm well, I, I always enjoy when you have a few beverages in you and you start challenging people. <laughs> to push ups. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> lost in all that stuff. I think Warren, <laughs> Warren beat me in push ups one night. You're, uh, you're, Turns out I'm not 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 all that great that's of an all, athlete. That's a hard, yeah. But you're also like <laughs> challenging. You're like you're the best at push-ups. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> you think you're fast? I'll see how fast you well, are. It's always also like I feel like I'll like not see you for a month, and then you'll come in and be like, "Who wants to one-on-one or something?" Like, <laughs> you challenge like late into a deadlift competition. Yeah. Like, you want a deadlift? You're like, "That's not a good idea." It's like James <laughs> requires no training, no run-up. He'll just throw down at any given point. That's it. Like I said, man, I, right I may not win, but I'm going to make sure that you have your absolute yeah. best day if you're going to beat me. You Push should, it, uh, you should come do one of these uh, crazy endurance events with us now that your shoulders all locked up. Um, like what? There's a 50 miler in May. So like a run? You just yeah. run 50 miles? Yeah. I will not For be what? present at that. It's uh, <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> I will not be I take there. back anything I said. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. I, I don't want to drive 50 miles in a car on board. Come on. You could. Uh, you can race me and Eric. And what do you do? You run 50 miles? Yeah. It's a. It's in upstate New York somewhere. I think Eric did it in 11 something last uh, Fred year. Fred Hall did it as well. 11 hours? Yeah. yeah. Not 11 minutes. Yeah, 11 hours. Yeah. I, I again. I will you know what? Just I'll, no. I'll meet you there. Oh, dude, you I'll meet you. I'll sign, take my own sign me up. Sign me up. I'll meet you there, dude. My, <laughs> my uh, crazy goal is I would love to go sub ten, but every time I think about it, I'm like, dude, ten hours is a long time to be moving. I don't even we know. Figure the math. What would be the math? Yeah. What would be that? It's like a twelve minute mile consistently for fifty miles. But you know what's real crazy? The guy Zach Bitter, who set the uh, hundred mile world record this year, did it in sub twelve. He was running six forty sevens for over eleven hours. Yes, yeah, six four six forty seven mile for a hundred miles consistently. I listened to Absolutely him on Rogan. Insane. It was yeah. insane. Like listening to his story. Who's on that? Rogan. Who did that? This guy Zach Bitter. Oh yeah. Do you imagine a seven forty five mile? For no, six forty something, six forty something mile yeah. for a hundred straight miles. That's I don't want to run one mile at six forty something because I'm slow. And I can do that in like for the mile and a half. Like when you do the you know you, you yep. test our fitness yeah. every year, right? How fast can you run a mile and a half? Like I can do that, but I'm telling you, I'm peaked at a mile. Sure. Yeah, like a, I'm I'm a big boy. Like yeah, I, I know that I'm not, I know that I'm not a distance guy anymore. Yeah. You know, 
And uh, maybe someday I'll get back to that if I drop maybe 20, 25 pounds. But sitting around 240, like yeah. that's a lot of weight to throw oh, around. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. You know? And I can do it for a short distance with the best of them. But a mile and a half is even pushing it for me. Yeah. Like, that is all straight like tunnel vision. I can't see any. Like, I'm just, and you're not going in that mile and a half just no. to complete it. You're going in it to win it. Yeah. Which is also to win it different. and then do 100 pull-ups afterwards. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's insane. Something you know? crazy. I don't know. I, I um. I really, uh, I really enjoy CrossFit because it, um, it fits my personality, yeah. you know, um, the community that, that you guys have built here, you know, you should be really, um, I, I know that you're really proud of it, Thanks, you man. know, because doing something like that, finding all the right people, having the right people around takes um, a long time. Yeah, it takes a long time and it's, it's hard. It's not, you know, it's not no, easy. It's, it's hard to have the right people. And sometimes yeah. you have to ask people to leave, um, because they don't have the right fit for the community. It is what it is. You know, you have some people that fit in really well and some people that don't, and we have to, there's a fine line. It's not always about having like the biggest, right? There's, no. you go to a bigger gym, right? Yeah, there's, of course. there's probably 10 within two miles from here, right? Bigger gyms, right? Yep. But it's not about a bigger gym. It's, you know, where are you going to go where, you're going to get motivated. Where are you going to go that you're going to have support where you're going to be challenged? You know, yeah. all of those other things. It's not really about like fitting in, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't notice that this gym is like a fashion show, right? You go to Gold's or something like that. Everybody's no. trying to look at the people, dude. I'm people definitely come not. in. Yeah. Rome, you, you have perfected the look of homeless <laughs> gym owners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's told me to do this multiple times before in public. He's like, that's really what you're fucking wearing. Yeah. yeah. We're driving by him the other day and he's putting something in his truck and he's got this like black and red flannel with these like ripped up sweatpants on. And we're driving by looking at the call. I'm like, you got to pay him more for personal training so they can buy some clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> poor guy. You know? I think over the summer I was wearing my favorite uh, shorts, which are cut off uh, sweatpants shorts. Oh, and I, I walked into something. James was like, what the hell are you wearing? He went like, to another gym to a competition <laughs> looking yeah. like he was just painting the bathroom. Yeah. We got to, <laughs> you know, it is he goes, he's like, yeah, I'm here. You know? We got to do hey a, guys. a GoFundMe to take Rome to Lululemon I or something. Know. I actually said I wanted to buy a couple of their pants this year, but winter is almost over at this point. So then I look at it, I'm like, fuck it. I'll just keep wearing what I'm wearing. I don't see you in that stuff. I just, it's just not your, it's not, yeah, it's not your, the shirt is pretty clean. We'll wear yeah. this today. Yeah. <laughs> their joggers are dope though, actually. Do they have some really, Yosh wears their shit all the time. And yeah. I'm always like, I gotta get a pair of those pants. Those look really good. Yeah. And then I just don't. You gotta you gotta sign up for that uh, ambassador thing I or whatever, should. so you get like twenty percent. I think as a gym you owner, you automatically can get I in. Basically, cheap as fuck. Like the way like I, you guys were talking about like monetizing. Like before, we go to a we'll go to the grocery store and they have like same product, two different um two two different containers. And I'm the person that's like, all right, well there's two different containers. Which one are you paying less per ounce? At yeah, all? less per serving. I'm like doing the math. And he's like, sure. what are you doing? Just buy that one. I'm like. Well, this one's a better deal. You're getting fifty percent more for less money. It's yeah. just in a different container. We need to buy this one. Like yeah. that's just how my brain works. Well, same way. You know? Yeah. I mean, it just you, you don't have to spend stupid money. I mean, Lululemon is insanely comfortable stuff. And you know? I mean, it seems like it's, it's worth just it with their warranties and shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like all I think all most of my gym shorts. Actually, I, I wore the same damn pair of gym shorts for like years. Yeah, you have your underarm pair of shorts or you're yeah. like, I have to wear these when I work out. If there's like a big if there's like a competition I'm weird, real superstitious <laughs> about them. If there's like a big competition or I know I'm coming on a Saturday, I'm gonna fuck with Evan and Matt. Yeah. 
I'm, those are my go-to shorts. So nice. everyone, you know, I, I know that I'm going to do James better with those shorts. Is to make his shorts disappear. Ah. You want to mess with James's head? You want to get in his head? Get rid of his shorts. <laughs> He's got to light your shorts. I've lost on my fire. mind at home because <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have my shorts. I've been, I bought those shorts when I was like 19 years old. I'm still oh, shit. almost pushing 40 now. Wow. I still had those shorts. Wow. Well, Nicole, if you want to beat James in a competition, get rid of those shorts. She, she knows not to touch Burn those shorts. <laughs> she, knows, she, she knows not to touch those shorts. Yeah. No. Now the Lululemon stuff, it's comfortable, but it's. I you know, like, it's expensive for something that I'm going to sweat in and roll yeah. around on the ground yeah. in. And For my side, it's my work clothes, yeah. right? right. I mean, it's the same thing as if someone's buying a suit. Like, $100 pants isn't that outrageous. It's just a matter of doing it right. and getting them. I was flipping tires one day, right? I wanted to go around the, the 200 with the, sure. uh, the 205 tire one time. And, it's a uh, long way. Yeah. You don't realize it until you're a quarter of the way in. And you're like, oh, this is way By the time I got to I was like, all right, well, let's, let's go. I'm feeling strong today, you know? And I get to the dirt, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even like 10% there I'm, yet. I'm like, about to get started. <laughs> yeah. But I had um I had a pair of Lululemon like runners on and I mm. I ripped I put like a little rip in it from sure. the tire, you know, leaning yep. against it by the end. You know, yeah. you had all that dirt and everything on it. And uh you know, I was like I think I just paid like $80 for these shorts. I was so disappointed. So, yeah. you know, you can bring them back. A lot of times they'll replace that. With like, a little oh, rip in them, I yeah. think I'd, I'd throw them away. Oh. Sure. Yeah, well that was so that was what I was going to say is I feel like I uh I definitely always grew up in the like we never fa- paid full price for anything camp and just like mm-hmm. shop at Marshalls and uh, clearance racks and whatever else and uh, I still find myself doing that a lot like even I was at Dick's yesterday looking for something and they had Reebok socks they were uh, two for a dollar or ten dollars each and I was like I mean I'll get two pairs of extra socks you know yeah. why not also they have a ton of uh, Metcon sports on clearance right oh now. nice I don't know that anyone needs any but so they're like need 60 sneakers, bucks go to Dick's yeah they have tons of them um, but and Deals on vans. Uh, I didn't see any vans. No one know. carries vans around. No. Here. I, I feel like uh, I feel like van Kohl's store. Does. Do they have a van store? They got a van store at West Farms. Yeah, uh, I gotta go down there. Sometime. Pick up a pair of vans and then go to Lululemon. Yeah, yeah right. Yosh and I are gonna go on a shopping trip. Dude, you might as well. <laughs> so adorable. Yosh and I carrying our vans and Lululemon bags, walking through West Farms. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> but I feel like I have had sort of like a shift, especially like you know, you get out of. The, your sort of like size shifting growth spurt sure. and it's like i mean i could get like 40 dollar track pants but at a certain point it's like or i can just pay the like 90 bucks for ones that are going to last me for the Forever. next three years and yep. it's like I, i'd just rather go that route at a certain point which yeah. is where uh when yosh was talking about the sale thing the lululemon pants actually end up being cheaper than virus pants really yeah and they the seem sale. like they seem way more solid i mean i i'm actually not wearing them now but my virus pants have like the stitching's been coming apart your pants and or stuff. your man tights the, the pants i have actual like track pants <laughs> you call them man tights yeah him <laughs> and matt and Yosh, wear man tights sometimes. <laughs> gotta have man tights. My man tights are on underneath these right now, actually. But uh, so I asked Lululemon the other day, and uh, I was like, D- you know, how do these hold up to like actually training in them, basically? Um, and she was like, oh, they should be fine. And I was like, oh, because I have another pair that I got that like the stitching's coming and like have a hole in them, and they're and she was like. Just bring them back and we'll give you new ones if that That's happens. Awesome. And I was like, I I'll pay ninety for bucks for that. Yeah, I'm still buying my stuff on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine if, if I walk into one of those stores looking like a homeless person. They're like, "Sorry, sir, you can't afford anything here. You yeah. need to, you need stop to leave. Right, stop you right at the Are door. Are you trying to steal something? <laughs> I've heard Patagonia is the same way too, though. That like basically, like if you have stuff 
get broken, they will just replace it without asking questions. Really, all of the jackets that I wear to work are all uh, are all Patagonia. Are yeah, yeah, pretty much for the most part. For the most, you can get. Um, I guess it depends on the field, but both of you guys could probably do it because you're private business owners. Patagonia as well. Pro. Yeah, you become yeah. a pro and you get like eighty percent off or some yeah. shit. But it only can, you can only get it in your size. You know what? This stuff it's uh, all um, it's all made well, right? The, I've never. I think this jacket's maybe four years old. And you couldn't really tell. No, not at it's, all. Uh, it washes real easy. The stitching is, you know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it holds up. It holds up. You Solid know? So stuff. It, yeah. I'm going to have to look up this Patagonia Pro. Check thing. it out. Because, I mean, you, I, I think each individual business owner qualifies for whatever field you're in to um, get some gear. Yeah. Quali- and it literally is like 80% off. Qualified outdoor professionals, environmental grant recipients, and outdoor industry partners. I don't know if I fall into any of those, but I can well, say a few you um, say yeah. Say say you film like the trip you did in uh, Chile last That's year, true. Like, shit like that. You're like, hey, I'm out filming stuff yeah. in nature. I need some gear. You still I, gonna open a uh, a gym with turf and all that stuff? I would love to. Um, I like right now, as I said, I feel like we're just getting started in terms of trying to optimize this facility. Like why I had these. Why grandiose... couldn't you make that like a five year goal? It could be a five year goal. You know, do something right. like that. So I mean, what we're doing today is this, and you know, I'm gonna allocate this amount of money every month, or. Yep. You know, every year. So at the end of the year, I need this amount so that we can hit this goal in five years. This is what I want to do. I want this $3 million facility. That would be amazing. My biggest goal is to just own the building that I operate in. Honestly, like that's one of those things where I, I, and Dennis is the best landlord I could have ever asked for. But every month when I write him a check, that just gets me another month. I want to take that and put it into a bank and have that be some equity. Every time that we have um, expanded, there's always been the opportunity to just do it for zero dollars sure. and just use equity in any of the properties Which that uh, that we would have. You know, so that's always a trap door. Uh, you know, should should I need it? Renting yeah. renting works for for some people. You it's know, you they say a lot started. of they say a lot of big businesses they uh, they rent, but you know, for me, I yep. need to know that when I'm done with all of this, I've got something i've got yeah. an asset you to sell, sell you sell that you building know? you got millions of dollars you, your there. gym equipment isn't going to be worth anything no it's you know, not just I mean, like same same thing with my tools i'll go pay twenty thousand dollars for a, a scan tool when yeah. i'm done with that thing in a couple of years i mean and and it's only three four years the thing's yeah. going to be worth 1200 bucks technology is advanced only does certain amounts of stuff it's hard to find a buyer yeah same with like all my gear out there we beat like i buy commercial grade equipment because we beat the shit out of it and yeah. it needs to hold up but i think like last year i was selling off barbells when i bought new ones for 100 bucks I bought them for 350 400 bucks new, and now I'm selling them for $100, and they're still perfectly fine barbells, but I bought new ones, and I don't – I think if you look in our gym, we have somewhere around like 60 barbells. Like, wow. I don't need an extra 20. I don't need 80 barbells in the gym. All of our stuff that we have – not all of it, but a lot of the stuff and a lot of the bigger stuff that we have in our gym at the house, especially like the machines and stuff, is um, – I, I bought all that stuff used. Yeah. I go on like uh, Facebook Marketplace, and you know, I start searching gym equipment, yeah. I'll find something, and then – you know, we got to find some auctions to go to because they do have like the big Lobo gyms that they shut down, and then the company will come in and auction off all of their stuff. Yeah, and you can get some killer deals. Oh, really? Things, yeah, like killer deals. Uh, I just gotta, I gotta find, I gotta find one that's getting shut down again and auction it off. And a lot of CrossFit gyms, I mean, as you guys have seen, have closed along the way, and I typically get leads into that in terms of what they're selling their gear off for. But they sell it at almost retail prices, where I'm like. Yeah. No, thank you. Other yeah. than that one gym where you helped me move all of the new rigs in and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was a good deal. That was like 70% off. Wow. Oh, yeah. Those are big. As, those are heavy to set up. Jesus. <laughs> what, do, what, do you, what do you feel about like the uh, the future of CrossFit? The CrossFit itself. So CrossFit this past year, um, 
with a lead from Greg Glassman has intentionally they de-emphasized the CrossFit games because they felt like it was pulling CrossFit in the direction they didn't want to go. So they pulled their whole media staff down. What's that direction like? Successful? And- <laughs> I mean, I mean, they well, were well, they were killing it. But what they're trying to do is bring it to the ninety percent of the public that have no interest in competitive fitness so they're like hey all of the grandmothers all of the people that are overweight all of the people with diabetes everybody that's out there that needs fitness to be healthier we want to help you and it's not like because a lot of people get they see crossfit games on espn and they're like i could never do that that's super scary um so crossfit is trying to take the approach of uh being health and wellness and fitness minded which i think is great um, the reason I'm still affiliated, but the reason that we rebranded was when people look at a CrossFit facility, they view it as all you do is CrossFit. And we do a lot besides CrossFit. I mean, even our general group classes isn't a typical CrossFit class. If you went to a gym that just towed the line of CrossFit, you would come in, you'd warm up, you'd do a skill session, and you would do the workout of the day. And the workout of the day could be a, a lift or it could be a conditioning piece, but that's it. And that's what CrossFit preaches. They want you to be in and out within an hour and that's what you do. Constantly varied. Every day is different. Um, where we take a very systematic approach in terms of our lifts are periodized. There's a plan behind all of our lifts. The strength portion that we do, our conditioning has different time domains that I want to hit. Um, so the reason I rebranded was we do a lot behind CrossFit. And I mean, this past, I, I did it about a year ago. So I, 2019, we went through that, um, working with mentors and that kind of thing. And the 2019 was a great year for us. Um, and similar to your goals of being able to help your employees, I want Yosh to have an amazing life. And I want him to be able to do this full-time indefinitely. And I want to bring in on a couple other coaches to do that. And to do that, the gym needs to keep creating more revenue to keep rebuilding employees and having them be able to buy houses and buy cars and stuff because – that's what we need to have. Yosh is ready for a new car. Yosh been ready for <laughs> that. Sub is uh, that. <laughs> that Subi is uh, seen some time, huh? <laughs> that thing is. Uh, I'm amazed every day when it pulls in. Well, his Precision Auto sticker half peeled itself off the back window. Yeah, Did right. he want to be affiliated with that car anymore? <laughs> <laughs> was it when he had the I Heart Gay Porn sticker on the back? You just went and took the precision. Yeah, I don't want to move mine now. He, at this he, call, he calls me up one day. He says, "He goes, uh, he goes, hey man, I, I think I've got a problem." Or yeah, he says, "I think I got a problem." I said, "What's going on?" He goes, "Let me send you this picture." He sends me a picture of you know your your brakes are a pretty essential part of your vehicle, <laughs> right? It makes and, you stop. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't really stop effectively with, without one, you know, without a, <laughs> without a proper set of brakes on the, on the front and back, right? And all four wheels have brakes. So you've got brake pads and the brake pads push against the disc. Yeah. And he sends me a picture of, so there's pad material and then there's like a metal backing plate. And he sends me a picture of the backing plate is like paper thin, meaning he had driven so far that he wore through the brake pads <laughs> And then wore through the the steel backing plate. So that steel backing plate was his brake. And finally, the backing plate was like, I quit. And it just <laughs> fell out. So he goes, is this bad? Like, can I drive it? I said, no, you yeah. can't. You will drive die. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. He says, I'll, I'll have it towed, you know. I, I remember him. I, so that was the day after the Tucker Toss. He went down to a weightlifting meet. And the Tucker Toss was a cornhole tournament on the south shore of Boston. It's like two hours away. And going up to that, I was like, you want me to give you a ride. We're going to the same place. We're leaving at the same times. So like I can give you a ride. Like you don't have to drive the Subaru. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'll drive it. I got it. I want my own vehicle. It's cool, man. And then, so the next day he was like, the car's making some noises, doing some weird shit. And I was like, you really sure you want to go down to new Haven for that weightlifting meet? Yup. No problem. Soup's got it. 
Luckily, he made it to New Haven, but yeah. uh, he didn't leave that parking lot because he got there and literally it's the bridge fell off. He didn't have to off. stop, you know. Yeah, so like, that's a oh, that's a plus. Shit. You know? start downshifting. He's uh, oh my god, he's hilarious. He's uh he's been a, a good help with um you know just different different lifts no, and things awesome, like man. that that I've uh you know I've tried in here and he'll come over and he's got a real great way about him. So I'm I'm happy that uh, you you brought him on board. Yeah, I mean we were Seems really like he's going to be a big asset for you. I tried to bring him down here for years and finally just worked out. Even like five years ago, I tried to open up another gym up in Pittsfield in Berkshires and Yosh was going to be the guy that ran that. And uh, that idea just didn't work out. We were mm-hmm. going to open up in a spot where currently CrossFit Pittsfield occupies and we were looking at it and we heard that they were going to rent it. And honestly, at that point, I was like, I this is a small city, small town. I don't need to open up a gym the same time someone else is. I can just focus on what I'm doing. Mm. Sometimes there's that uh, that drive because it's a small town, but it's hometown. Yeah. You know, and you want to have something notable. Yeah, in your town, in, in your in your hometown, and it's also, you know, it's easier to get that that name recognition because uh, you had already met every. You know what I mean? Yeah, you I mean, dude, if I moved, if I put a shop in Lenox or a shop in Pittsfield, I could pull out so many local relationships to fill that gym up just from knowing everybody from growing up there. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's always in the back of my mind to do it, but to do it. I have to send somebody out there to do it, or I have to send myself out there to do it. And that gets more and more challenging when you have a family. Um, I got two kids that are little and they need me to be around a lot. And I got another kid on the way and uh, life is going to be busy. So it's um, trying to do the best that I can with the gym and the best that I can with my family and split time evenly or evenly as possible. I mean, you, you know how much I work and it's probably not a healthy thing that how much I work, but I'm working <laughs> on that. I mean, if, um, if I worked, uh, if I worked out, if I worked out every day for three hours and on say the 20th day, what do you think you would give me for advice? Go if take I was, a break. If you would tell yeah. me to go take a break yep. right? and you do the same exact thing with business, right? Yep. You go and you burn yourself out and you don't really go on vacations. Any vacation you take is for work, right? Yep. And that's not a vacation. Yep. Cause I'm you're, going to uh, Arizona on February 3rd, but with my brother-in-law to help him my brother-in-law Tucker, who everybody knows who has ALS, he's seeing some doctors in Arizona. So I'm going out there to assist him with going to see these doctors. So that'll be my break um, for a week. But um, I don't even know what that week's going to entail, to be honest with you. What uh, I've never been a caretaker of anybody, and now I will be a caretaker for um, a grown man with ALS. So it's yeah. commendable. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I got all my itinerary sent to me yesterday of cars and planes and uh, hotels and uh, – Luckily enough, Tucker can communicate with me and tell me exactly what he needs and how he needs it. So we'll make it work. I met him uh, when we had the uh, the row. Yep, he's a very very nice. Yeah, he did. He's very, a very cool nice dude. man. He's um, it's a it's a sad situation in just terms of battling ALS. If you're not familiar with ALS, it's a neurodegenerative disease that um slowly just takes your body's ability way to move um he can't move his arms very well right now so it started in his arms he can't walk very well right now so he's primarily in a wheelchair um he's fortunate in the regard that it started out in his limbs and not on his internal organs because when you hear people die quickly from als it typically starts on their internal organs and things start failing so for him it started on his external organs so it started on his limbs um so he's lucky in that regard and we have some time to try to battle it battle it and go to um, go to doctors for it, but we did the row for him last year and we're going to be doing the row again for him this year. Cause there's just a lot of financial stuff that comes along with people don't realize like renovating your house to make it handicap accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the supplements and drugs and doctor's appointments and trips like that we're taking to go out to Arizona to try to get help. Like this shit costs money. Um, so I'm going to do everything I can to help him out and, uh, we'll do the row again for him and you guys will all get to see him again and at the row and it'll be a good deal. He, um, he had a, a really good personality, really good outlook. Yeah. 
you know, he's very positive. He is. He still though, is. Even though he's he's his whole life is totally changed, and he was just so positive. Yeah. Right. It makes you think. Right. These people that complain about just dumb little insignificant. Yeah. Crap all the time. And, and I'm he's going through that too. We all are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all get down on ourselves. You look at a guy like him whose whole life is totally, totally changed. Will yep. never be the same. I, I mean, he was a division one athlete. He could dunk a basketball. And he was also the guy that um, was the life of every party. Mm-hmm. He was the guy with a big personality. You walk in, you want to talk to him. That. You want Very to nice joke guy. around, lights up the room. And then you get dealt this hand. You're mm-hmm. like, now what do I do with this? Um but Seems as you like said, like you still got a great mindset with yeah. it. It's like, and, no, I'm I'm gonna deal with it. And like, if it, I mean, it if it was anybody else, I would probably be a lot more unwilling to go spend a week mm-hmm. going to do something like this. But he's an awesome dude. And I mean, you need my help? Sure. Let's go do it, man. Let's go. So anybody listening to this, I will be if this airs before February third, I'll be out of the gym for the week, but that's what I'm doing. Um <laughs> I'll great. be out in Arizona in Scottsdale for a week. With your brother in law. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you asked uh, Nicole's sister to uh to come and help me with something, she'd be like, "Is there anybody else that could maybe go?" <laughs> do I really have to do is that? There, is there somebody else that maybe you could send? Are you sure? Have you asked everybody? Right. I mean, and it it, it is a, a big thing to do, but um, if I didn't do it, I would regret it. That's for sure. Um, so it is what it is, right? That's awesome, man. Are you gonna have your pool up and running this year? Oh fuck yeah! Because I, I don't, I don't, because I don't want to get one. You are gonna get I, one. I am. I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm gonna open another shop, so I'm. I'm not gonna get a pool. I mean, until one of your daughters asks you to get. a You pool. know what? Madison <laughs> asked for a pool nicely, and she keeps asking, and she was like, "I really want one." And she made a very convincing argument because she is too smart. Uh, to be an eight-year-old. Sure. You know, she's like an old soul. So she like breaks it down for you of why you need a pool. And you're like, God damn, she's right. She gives you a spreadsheet. She's <laughs> like, look, daddy, the cost of us having a membership to go somewhere that has a pool over the course of the next 10 years combined with the value of our house, which will appreciate over time, yeah, <laughs> like right. really makes you a business right. pitch on it. That was kind of it, you know? And I was like, this little girl just made like a really good point. Maybe we'll get a pool. Sure. You know, she really wants it. I know Brooklyn wants it. Brooklyn's just like wants to party. You know? She just wants to jump in that pool. Oh, jump in, Go. party, hot dogs, juice box. You know, <laughs> just, she just, Brooklyn just wants the party. Let's of it, do you it. Know? And, uh, and then I asked Madison again, and she was just like, no, you know what? Maybe I don't. You know, I don't want it. It's going to be expensive. Like what eight-year-old thinks about what, you know, what something's going to cost. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe pool party at the Stevensons this summer. I think we're we're gonna have a party either way because sure. we we haven't had one for a little bit, and I I feel like that tends to be the home base for everybody at your parties. Uh, Romeo Athletics time, is is a party at our house, so yeah. I'm sure we'll do something uh, soon. But just you know, just in a in yeah. a little bit, I gotta I gotta heal up a little bit. Absolutely. To answer your question, yes, our pool will be open. I will Perfect. I will open the pool up and we'll get it up and running. There's some maintenance that needs to be done, but we'll get it done and we'll have the pool up and running. That was my first last year of having an in-ground pool and being um, brought or being aware of what goes into running a pool. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's just a few thousand bucks for this. Few. And I'm like, oh, money. Yeah, money is exactly what goes. I might as well just fill this pool up with dollar bills at yeah. this yeah. point. Like, what are is we going on? A, uh, are we going to put like a kegerator in your? Uh, we can. Your sh- I mean, because I can, walk, I have, like, I can honestly, I can walk one. home from your house. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think well, a couple of times last year, you almost did walk home from my house. At least, yeah, I mean, it, 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 almost got lost on the way home too. I, I have I have gotten lost on the way home from his house, and it's just go straight for a mile and then take, take a right, right. take oh, a right, wow. take a left, and you get right tell there. Him, and I've I'm been tra- trying to tell Nicole which direction to go. <laughs> go this way. Like, oh yeah. shit! She's like shut, shut up. Yikes! 
Cool, yeah, we've man. had some good times. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I don't know that we explicitly said, but it's Precision Auto. If anyone's listening and has car issues, you guys oh, are the best. Yeah, um, thank you. And you got a radio show, too. I've been on James's radio show as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I have a radio show on uh, Laser 99.3. We've been doing that for quite a while. I, I had a radio show before that, actually. Did you? I didn't know that. On uh, 1450 AM. Okay. Which is like the 94.7 sister station. So, so that was like your practice for this one? That was that was that was quite a show. You know, it was it was different because I, I didn't have a whole lot of direction then. Sure. Like I knew I wanted to just have a, a business and be I guess what you would deem as successful when you're in your early, early twenties like that, you know, sure. right? So whatever success would look like at that point. I think nice car and vacations yeah. and stuff like that when I was just like a single dumb young, you know, kid. But I had this uh I had this radio show and um Basically, people would just call in and they'd ask questions and everything, but I didn't really have a lot of a direction then. And um, I decided I didn't want to do the show anymore. Sure. So I stopped doing it. And um, a couple of years ago, I got approached by Laser 99.3 in uh, East Long Meadow. And we've been doing a show called Boys Under the Hood for a while. Yeah, and Pat's hilarious. Oh, Pat's guys, a great guy. You guys together are a great team. Yeah, we got nationally recognized last year in a uh, in an automotive magazine called you... Ratchet and Wrench. Yeah, that was awesome. Yep. And um, so they did a big feature on us about that. And, um, you know, I've... I don't know. Just Who came up with that name, Boys Under the Hood? Because that's a funny name. CJ. That's a really. I sent a group text out to everybody, and I was looking for. Uh, I was looking for names. I couldn't. Just I had like a block. Like, wh- sure. Why the hell can't I get this? You know. And he just comes right back with Boys Under the Hood. You know. So that's the, the running name. joke with him and I is is when we're out somewhere, he'll say, oh, "Well, you can, you know, you can get this dinner because you know it's a royalty <laughs> for the uh, for the name." But right. you know, it's just speaks to the the people that you have in your corner, right? Are they supportive? Are they, you know, yeah. can they help you? Are they Did you end up uh, buying a boat the other day with him at that boat show? There wasn't any good, I, I really would like a boat. Yeah, you had one before. You had the pontoon I had, boat. I had a pontoon boat. In. I had a pontoon boat. We were going to buy a uh, a lake house and then it ended yeah, up falling that, through that yeah. at the last minute. And, um, you know, I, 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 uh, I always wanted something. See, when I was a kid, my grandmother moved to Jamaica in the in the, uh, in the 80s. Okay. And, um, you know, as a kid in the summer, like that was our our, our thing. Grandma would send tickets and we could go and we'd stay in Jamaica for awesome you know, a week and a half, two weeks, and then, you know, come back. And that was that was kind of our spot. My sure. grandmother's still there now. My aunt has since moved down there too. And I remember that's where you guys somewhat vacation, go visit family too. I love Pretty it down there. Going yeah, I love it down there. I'd, I'd go down... I'd go down very frequently. I think the only thing that stops me is just I don't want to be away from the kids. Nicole would go with me. She'd get sure. the time off. But it's a different island now than it was when I was a kid. Sure. See, I, kind of I was Madison's or? age, and I could walk around everywhere and go everywhere. Sure. And I, as an adult now, I, I probably wouldn't walk around and go everywhere. Even now. as an adult, never mind bringing your kids there. Not a, not a, a single chance. Like, sure. there's one place. Um, it's a kind of a joke with Nicole and I. There's a place there called uh, the Pork Pit, and okay. they serve jerk chicken and jerk pork. And Sounds delicious. in terms of like sanitary standards, it, it wouldn't pass in in the U.S. <laughs> you know, it's this big, it's this big open fire pit. There's bugs and things flying around, but it's just the best chicken. You know, sure. it's just out in the, you know, it's like you're at a barbecue. You just got to eat it before the bugs get to it. And it's maybe about a mile and a half down from where my grandmother lives down there. And if I go, Nicole's like, you got to take your phone. And she'll text me every two seconds. Like, <laughs> sure. are you okay? Have you, you been know? kidnapped yet? Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> no, I have not been kidnapped. I don't know, man. You know, when, when my time is up, my time is up, you know, sure. I, have, I have no regrets. If, if you go out eating jerk chicken in Jamaica, it's not the worst thing <laughs> in the good. world. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wanted something that I could uh, I could pass on to uh, to the kids. Sure. You know, so I really like um, uh, Otis Reservoir. Yeah, 
I used to um, camp there every summer growing up. Was it Camp Overflow? Yeah, on the other side yeah. of it, they have the whole reserved portion of it where we'd go camping there for two year, two weeks of every summer. And we'd same thing, we'd have a water ski boat that we'd park and you'd go That's out on awesome. the boat all day. And it was great memories as a kid. Nicole wants ocean and I want lake. And sure. Then, so I bought the boat because we were going to be getting the lake house and then we never got the lake house and then we got the boat. And then Nicole, it turns out she fucking hates a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'd be on the boat and she'd be like, there's too many waves. I'd be like, there's other boats. What do you, what do you want from me? We're on a fucking lake. How yeah. many waves so are you there? You start yelling at all the other boats? Don't, don't come near us, you know, because my wife doesn't want to, you know, so I ended up selling the boat because it was always a, a point of contention. And then, sure. um, you know, I thought about maybe um, getting a boat that um, would be a compromise for us, right? Sure. She wants to be on the ocean. Well, I can get a boat that would it have like a, a cabin and we could stay on the ocean, you know, it just, um. I don't know. You, you work really, really hard. And yeah. sometimes it's nice to have something that a place that maybe you could go. Um, some people just go to their, their basement, right? So yeah. people have a boat or a hobby or something like that. Yeah, of course. For me, that's just a place where you can go. You don't have self-service. You can't get bothered by anything. And maybe you could just go and just kind of decompress because- and have a good time. You know, aside from, from, we talk about physical fitness and health all the time. And uh, we never really talk about like mental health. Sure. You know, and, and uh, as a business owner, as a, a employee, as a whatever, as anybody, it's good to have that time where you can kind of relax and decompress. Yeah. Because if you go at that that level, if you go at that pace for too long, out, you just, yeah, you just, you, you literally just burn yeah. out. Hence our vacation com uh, conversation, which I never take, but. Yeah, you will though. You I will, we're going to make you. Hey, I'm yeah. going to Florida like next week. Are we'll, you? we'll kick you out. When are you going to, are you going to, are you going, going to stay with your parents? Beach, yeah. Okay, so we're going. When? Uh, the fourteenth. Okay, so and we'll we're staying with Nicole's dad. We're going the because they're in the same complex. The, yeah, they're like probably across the street from each other. And I think last time you went a week after us, and yeah. now we're going like a week after you. Yeah, we're just going down for like five days to get out of the cold a little bit. You're gonna but, go down to that. Uh, they got a nice CrossFit gym right there. Nicole and I dropped in last year. We didn't make it last year, but we would like to. It's definitely on the agenda. Take a left out of that complex when you get to the stoplight. Just take a left. It'll be like a half mile down. I don't. I think it's Cocoa Beach CrossFit or something yeah. like that. They, but they, it was a really. It was a really nice nice gym, nice place to go. That'd be fun. I'm hoping to get some running in, and I think I'm going to pack my uh, wetsuit and try and get some ocean swimming in. So Nice place for it. Yeah, we'll see. I got to get ready for cold main water, though. So you going to do that, the half Ironman with us? I don't know that I could do the swim, but I, I can do all the rest of it. Yeah. You know? And it's just because, um, you know, they say it's probably going to take me about a year until I'm, sure. I'm 100%. Yeah. And Look at the last thing, of that shoulder I just, reach. I never, I never want to go through this, um, you know, I damaged it on my own being stupid, you know, not stretching it up, not working on mobility because it's not fun. It's not sexy to do mobility stuff. Right. right. Nope. And I'm like, no, I just want to lift heavy shit. And uh, I did. And, you know, and this is where this is where I am. You know, a lot of years of contact sports, a lot of years mm -hmm. of lifting the wrong way and a lot of years of, you know, outlifting what my body can yeah, handle. Going 110 percent at all times. It was yeah. definitely it's a it's a way. I mean, I'm, I'll come back and I'll, I'll lift heavy, heavy stuff again, but yeah. just in a You'll different go 110 way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think I think maybe in like the first year, I, I don't think that I'm going to be able to handle what is yeah. that a half mile swim. 1.2 mile swim. 1.2 mile swim. You're out of your mind. I'm not doing that in a boat. 100. percent But I'll do. I'll do the bike. I'll. I'll do. I'll. What is it? 100 mile bike. 54. That's fine. I could yeah, do that. Sure. What's a run? 13.1. Uh, Perfect. Done. Yeah. I'll do the other stuff. I'm there just not going to do the swim. Well, you could do the 50 mile trail run instead if you want. There's no shoulders in that. You're out of your mind with that, yeah, dude. Come on. Are I you agree. excited to do that? You're I do, smiling. I'm, I'm am. You're a sick person. I'm am. <laughs> That's hell to me. Honestly, at I some agree. point in that run, I'd be like, I died, and this is actual hell. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, wow, this, this is, is what hell looks like. <laughs> I would spend I would spend forty nine point three 
<laughs> miles of that thing convincing myself Half that I haven't died. I have chafing issues. I'm hungry. What do you do? Like, you must, right? You must. Yeah, blisters you on must, your feet. Do you have to, like, what do you do? You got you to gotta tape up your, uh, uh, tape your, your nips. Man, your tape man your nips. armpits. We'll see. I've, I'm not an expert. I gotta You're a shirt off guy anyway, so you don't care about yeah, that. Well, Eric said it was, I think it was chilly and wet when they did it last Great. year. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, though, like, if you're a willpower guy, like, that's a willpower test. You go up with a group of people and see who falls off. It's like, who's going to hold any sort of pace for the next, you know, 10 to 12 hours? That's a willpower test. You guys I are, like to test my willpower sorry. under heavy weights. Oh, that's my willpower. <laughs> like, convince yourself to lift that up. That's my willpower. That's so much easier for me, I though. Agree. Like, I can I unrack agree. 400 pounds. And, and like, that's why I enjoy it. doesn't. But <laughs> there's something about that. Like, can you imagine? I'm already aware of, like, there's going to be a point probably four hours in where I'm like, this sucks four hours and there's gonna be you think it's gonna take four hours to determine that it sucks but i mean like four fucking minutes <laughs> four <laughs> four <laughs> ten four, hours the four fucking minutes i couldn't rob's like go run 400 outside the building and i get to the, i get to the ac machine on the other side and i'm like this is stupid yeah. <laughs> why am i here i feel like this. i've been running all day but that's the even when i uh mile. i did the the 35 oh. minute bike cal thing the other day or whatever and there's always this point where you're like 12 minutes in, you're like, I could just quit now. Like, yeah. I don't have to keep doing this for another 23 minutes or whatever. And the idea of having that conversation with myself with like six hours plus left to go is like, that's a that's a willpower test. That is so a long way, man. We'll see. Or hey, maybe I'll just blow my knees out and there will be no half Ironman after all. I but would fake an injury. Let's hope not. I would 100% fake an injury at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty hurt, guys. Can you? Let's, uh... I, my, one time I, I went, I did a, uh, I did a hundred mile ride. Um, on a road bike and, yeah. and um, normally it, it's not a problem, but the problem was that there was a, uh, an event for a vendor that I had gone to the night before. Oh, and I figured, you know what? Over. I figured a hundred mile a century is a, it's a significant ride, but I'm pretty efficient on a bike. Right. Sure. So it's a century is grueling, but I could do it. You'll figure yeah. it out. So I figured, okay, well I can burn the candle at both ends and I'll go out Friday night with, you know, all these guys and, uh, and Saturday morning I'll be ready to go. So I'll, Guy shows up at my house 5.30 Saturday morning, oh. ready to roll. And I'm still like, I could still taste the, the booze. Sure. Yeah. sure. So we get on the bikes and I'm doing I good. I'm doing that. good until maybe mile like 50. And now the people that are only doing the half century are going back. And then the people <laughs> that are doing the century, like, all of a sudden now there's no pack. It's a lot less people because you're going off to the, you know, the, the rest of the loop. So I, I started really struggling right around maybe mile 60. And I'm like, I got a long way to go. And I, in my mind, I'm like, all right, what do I do? Do I just stop? Do I turn back? Uh, I don't have my phone, sure. so I can't even call Nicole and like, come pick me come up. Pick like, me I, up. I just got to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So uh, I started running low on water because I'm just like pounding water and there weren't enough water stations. So I stop at a store, I buy a water and that was the worst thing I can do. Ugh. So once I stopped, everything started to tighten up. Yeah. And now I'm like mile like 70 something. Oh man. Finally, I make it almost all the way back, and I know I'm within probably a mile sure. of the finish line, and I just – that was it. I really? stopped. 99 I stopped. miles I stopped. into With, I stopped within, within, within one mile. I physically – it wasn't like I wanted to stop. I just – my body was shaking so much I couldn't do it, and uh, I go to slow down, and I couldn't – I didn't remember to take my feet off the pedals. I kind of fell over uh. on this grass and everything. No injury or anything. Some guy's driving by in uh, one of those old-school Broncos. Sure. Right Those as I kind of fell cool over, anyways. he goes, hey, you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you I'm know, dying. I'm a little tired. Yeah. A little tired, he goes. I'm, I'm dying a little. Yeah, he goes, uh, he goes, you want to ride? 
I said, yeah. yeah. So he just strolls my bike in and we drive up the road. I'm telling you, it, couldn't, it probably wasn't even a mile. That's crazy. Finish line was like right there. I've never yeah, lived that one down either. Well, never be hung over and do that again. Yeah, I've, I've talked a bunch about all the stuff that I failed at. but uh, That's how I felt I've, I've done pretty well at a couple things too. Yeah, we'll have to have you back and just drill you. There's so many good stories in there that we got to pull out. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, cool, man. Well, thanks cool. so much for taking the time to come on, and yeah, uh, we'll we'll have you back soon. Hopefully, the shoulder recovery goes well. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be back in a month. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right. Bye, guys.